So hello and welcome to this Christmas special of the Saddlecast for 2018 with myself Glyn Price and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner. So Ollie, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas Glyn, hope you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, it's going to be a good Christmas I think and um, yeah, I, su- I suppose the first thing to really say about this podcast is we are going to be doing a special looking at the 2003-2004 conference season which we uh, came back from the death of uh, almost the football club really I suppose Ollie and um, yeah, a really interesting season um, and, and we give us a chance to go down the pub with a few of our regular guests and have a chat about it. Yep, but you didn't invite me did you Glenn? That's <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately Ollie, you do live out of town and we, we recorded it in the middle of the week so your presence was much uh, much missed but one of the things we will be doing on this special as well as we're going to play in the audio of, um, of myself and the guests that joined me to talk about the season at the pub um, and then we, me and you are going to come back at the end of this Ollie and have our little sort of reminisce of the season and uh, yeah think about where we were at that point in time and, and then read some of the contributions that we've had from some other people who listen to the podcast uh, via email and blue and amber so yeah we're going to try and sort of encompass as many views and good stories from that season as we can so um, yeah it should be a good one shouldn't it? Yeah it should be good so um, so I have a, the fear I always have the fear of missing out so I've got myself a can of Beaver Beaver Town Grammaray um, American Pale Ale. Some nice. Milk. So I'm, I'm in. I'm in the, I'm the Prince of Wales in spirit. Yeah, there we go. So in that case, then we will take you to the ambiance of the Prince of Wales a few weeks back, and uh, yeah, play you the Christmas special uh, from the pub. So hello and welcome to the Salopcast Christmas special this year um, with myself, Glenn Price, and at the moment not Ollie, um, but we will talk about that later at the end of the podcast. And we're here to discuss what is a very special season: the uh, journey to the football conference in 2003-04, which uh, I think every town fan remembers fondly for the way it ended and also for the japes that we had along the way. So we've uh, come down to the Prince. Of Wales, and I'd like to thank uh, Ian and Vicky, who are the owners here, for, for hosting us tonight. Um, and I've been joined by a couple of our regular fans who come onto the Southcast. So, um, yeah, thanks for joining us, Sean. Good evening. And Abe Plimmer. Hello. And Dave. Matthias. There you go, because I always get <laughs> Dave's, I always get Dave's name wrong, so I thought I'd let him say it himself. Um, and I, I think we invited you three on initially because. Obviously, I've known you over the years, and we've had so many discussions about what went on in the conference season and sort of the stories we had, but also because we, we all really enjoyed watching the town that season and, and obviously what happened at the end. But let's just go through sort of how old you are, really, and sort of give a bit of context into how much you enjoyed that season. So we'll start with you, Sean, because I think you're the youngest here. So what were you, three, four? <laughs> no, I was uh, 15, uh, borderline 16 at the time, so ah. just in my last year of school. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was, you know, it was a, it was a great... It was probably one of my favourite seasons of supporting shoes. Fantastic. Yep. Brilliant season. And obviously Sean was old enough to drink, eh? but I'm sure you were at that point in time. So yeah, come on. What, what sort of, Where were you at in your life during that season? I was 35. Oh, yeah. I played young up man still. with you against Farnborough. <laughs> I can't <laughs> substitute. So we had the old and the young. Yes, we did, yeah. One was more mobile than the other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I won't say which one is. Yeah, I was 35. It was an interesting period in my life when I looked back, mm. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was, uh, it was a great time and a lot of good men. Cracking. Of good men. And, and again, a bit, yeah, bit younger again, Dave. What, how old were you and, and what were you doing at that time? I'll go for non-committal early, <laughs> early 20s at <laughs> That's that fine. point. And uh, I just finished uni. I've been away for four years. So I came back to Shrewsbury and then uh, I was just working here for the first time and like trying to almost, like the mates I'd grown up with had moved away and stuff. So I was trying to like connect with, make, you know, meet people, connect to the football club. So we had an absolutely cracking time. 
Yeah, brilliant. It was a brilliant season. I say I was similar age. I was 23 at the time, so obviously enjoying the uh, first, as age just said, my first season with the away sport was playing up front with you and busy and sort of, it was kind of that sort of last, last era where the sort of older guys kind of were coming to the end and we were sort of taking on. It was a great time, really. So that's off the pitch with, with just the fans, really, but we've got so much to talk about this season. So what we've, what we've kind of done is broken the season down into um, sort of some, some elements that we'll sort of go through as we, as we go through the podcast tonight. Um, but yeah, so we've got the start of, of the season, the pre-season expectations, we're going to look at how Town started the season really strongly um, before slipping off the pace a little bit with some, with some tricky results in, in November and October. Then we spent a long time in sixth place um, before we had a really good, fun Christmas period. Then we had a, a good period after Christmas where we were unbeatable for a long period but were sort of stuck again in, in the same position. Then we had a bit of a blip at the end, thanks to Telford and a few defeats that we didn't enjoy very much. And then we'll talk about the final push to glory. So that's how we're going to break the season down. Um, yeah, Once again, thanks to everyone for joining us and, and we'll move on to that now. The timely intervention of these size nines at Gay Meadow last night. While Shrewsbury Town supporters were grieving at their Football League funeral, Carlisle's loyal followers were celebrating a wake. 20 year old former pipe fitter Brian Wake, to be precise. The former Towlaw striker grabbed a hat trick, which preserved Carlisle's league status and consigned the Shropshire club to the conference. So, pre-season, uh, we're obviously feeling a little bit worse for wear after watching our beloved Shrewsbury Town fall out of the, the Football League, and I th- I, that's probably the first place to start, really. I'll, I'll start with you, Aid. and, you know, you, you're being the older of us here, I suppose the pain of that relegation was something that took a long time to adjust to over the summer, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> I, I remember uh, it, it wasn't a great summer, was it? We were in, in the conference, and, uh, you know, I remember the last game, the Carlisle game, <sighs> Last game, but obviously Scunthorpe was. But um, I did a lot of commentary for Shoesweb. Ah, okay. At the back end of that season, also in the conference season, and I think it was just going game after game after game, and we were losing, we weren't winning. So then the summer come, and it was like the club were very apologetic, but <laughs> but they weren't, if you know what I mean. They, they yeah. did at least two statements, I think, at the time that were saying they were sorry. I think after I remember myself, Gary Bright, Kev. Ian Jones going to see the football club and the first meeting we had with them it was two hours of solid we're just sorry we're sorry about everything <laughs> they didn't want to listen to us oh, no. and the second meeting I think Matt Ashton came with us and we sort of went right this is how it's got to be now yeah, you've got to engage yeah. with the fans and I think we've had some of that over the last 15 years hopefully yeah, yeah, I so I remember that summer there was a lot of that there was still obviously the, the new Meadow campaign was going on and some of the fact yeah. we're getting back from that yeah. Um and then I think the summer just went by and, and all of a sudden there we were preparing for the conference. Mm. You know, not being in the Football League, not being in the League Cup draw. And Very looking forward to uh, that game against Telford and when it was going to be. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was a lot of turnover, Sean, in the summer. Yeah. Obviously with staff, um, you know, we couldn't take a lot of maybe the higher played players to, to the conference with us and we'll come to that in a minute. But summer recruitment, you know, just, just talk about some of the players that came in who initially stood out to you really. Well, my, my hero was actually on that list in Darren Tinson. Oh, there you I go. absolutely love Tinner. Um, he was, I think, out of all them players, in my opinion, I think he was key because we had no leadership the season before. We were an absolute shambles. And I think we needed a rock mm. to come in yep. that will bring everybody together, to get the fans together, to get the, the players together. And I think he was... I think he was quite early on in the window as well. I think he, he was one of our first signings, and I yeah. think that was a, a catalyst for some really, really big signings for us. Um, and I think that kind of showed to us that 
yeah, that's the start of a good spine that we've got in the yeah. team. Yeah, um, it's to build around, wasn't it, for abs- sure? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Martin O'Connor, obviously, he's played a lot of games in the Football League, so to get him to drop to, to the level that we were was, was quite, a, quite a coup, really, for yeah. us. Um, and you go through Colin Cram, a player, again, has played at a high level, <laughs> a bit of a strange bloke <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, but, again, on paper, a very good signing. Mm-hmm. Um and then there was other players as well, like you'd never heard of, Dave Ridley, Jake Sedgemore. You know, they were really like complete left field signings, but ended up being quite big players for us in that season. You know, yeah. Riddler and Tinson was a really, really good partner. I'd almost go up as far as saying it was one of our best centre half partnerships, almost up to the Toto and Sadler level, in in my opinion. Yeah, it's no, it's no mistake. I mean, I've looked at the season a lot in terms of preparing for this, and they both played the most amount of games in that season. They were the one and two in terms of appearances that year, and it's not surprising considering the, the, the shift they put in. But you mentioned a few of the players there. There was obviously um, Scott Harry and, and Ian Fitzpatrick, and you, you, you know you mentioned all those players now, but everybody contributed, it felt like, that season. And, yeah. um, you know, it looked like it was a, a revelation and a sort of reinvention of the team. But on the flip side, Dave, we, looked, we did lose a lot of players, didn't we? <laughs> and yeah, I don't think you were too upset to see many of them go, were you? No, I mean obviously it came to the end for Wilding, who was a bit of a club legend. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's slightly different. And obviously we'd had some highs that season as well with uh, you know Everton and those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Yeah. So we, we we did have some good memories. But you know the day Redmile jumps in his oversized car and drives <laughs> off to not train for someone else. It's like see you later, thanks for ruining our life, sort of thing. And wow. then uh, off. Uh, okay. The clown car, wasn't it? Off went, uh, <laughs> off went Jemson and Wone <laughs> as well, and you know Van Blurk. Yeah, see? yeah, exactly. And, uh, there's a few, there's a, there's a few teams. The boy Tretton left at that point as well, but yeah. I think there was such a sense of anger against some of the players and all the stories coming through about who was training and who wasn't and who was playing and who, uh, just mm. it was like get rid of the deadwood. It's rotten to the core. Go yeah. away. Fresh start. Yeah, and one of the good things, I suppose, in terms of players we kept was we actually did keep a lot of the sort of more young, young and promising players. So I wrote a list down here, but we kept Rogers, Aston, Tolly, Lowe, Glenn Tolly, um, uh, Jigelka, Carl Murray, Leon Drysdale, and Joe Hart, who obviously didn't play a big part in the season, but you look where he's gone on to. So it was interesting that we really did retain that youth and, and also managed to retain Dunbavin and Moss as well. So the squad had sort of come together, and I think the first thing to, to sort of ask you guys, um, starting with you this time, Dave, but was, was what your expectations really for the season? You know, were you expecting us to just walk away with it? Uh, no, not at all. And I think <laughs> we'd all seen um, other clubs go down and struggle. So uh, the kind of some of the town fans were. It felt like they were a little bit like, "Oh, we're on loan to the conference," sort of thing. Mm. It's like, "Hold on," you know. I've seen quite a bit of non-league football going to games with my dad and stuff, and it's like one thing you can be guaranteed of is that you're going to get a game everywhere you go. So this. I was concerned by some of the overconfidence, <laughs> even though I was confident. We, we were obviously we chucked a bit of money at it. Yeah. We kept some decent players. We kept the academy going. We were not settling for being down there, um, but at the same time, it was like I think this is this has got the potential to be tough going. Mm. And, and to add to that, aid obviously we talk about new players, but we had a new man at the helm as well in Jimmy Quinn and. Um, you know, an interesting appointment again, I suppose, but probably a bigger name manager than we might have been used to in the years before, I suppose, when he looked at his career. And, um, you know, what did you make of him initially when he sort of started to see his interviews and going into pre-season? Did you think, you know, this is going to be exciting? Yeah, I did, actually. I thought he was an experienced guy and uh, he got some charisma 
yep. which I think a, a later managers here we haven't always had. No. Um, but yeah, he, he seemed to be a guy that was strong. He, he got a plan. He bought into the ethos of what Shrewsbury wanted to do. He bought into the fan base, which I think was really important. And yeah, it was a good appointment. And, and I think again, it it just moulded a team together of, of the individuals that we'd had before. He, he got some class, but it was just led astray. Yeah. And these new guys who come in were seasoned conference professionals and were able, you know, to just take us forward. Mm. And the pre-season, just to mention it, we were unbeaten, Sean. And, mm. you know, that we even got everyone, you know, we talk about our expectations, but I can certainly remember people's expectations being even higher after we finished that last pre-season game. Where I think we we were free-scoring during pre-season, you know, the main strikers were getting goals and it had built up that excitement to the first game against Marga, hadn't it? Unfortunately, I fell into the trap of being overexcited. <laughs> I think that was just my age and exuberance at that time. Yeah. I was, I, I honestly felt looking at our players and the players we brought in and looking at the pre-season results I've come to learn now as I've got older <laughs> and I've been in the game myself pre-season means diddly squat so don't get too excited yeah exactly but I remember coming out of it I think we hammered Derby 5-0 yeah. I think during yep. pre-season yep. I think uh, Stitch played centre-half for, for Derby mm. and we absolutely tore them apart and they played the first team as well if I can remember mm. and I'm thinking well, I might be in final we're going to be playing some part-time teams in yeah. this league if yeah. we can do over a, a were they a championship must have been yeah, 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 I'm remember, yeah. you know anything's possible and I think you know I was all confident yeah we'll, we'll, mm. we'll smash this no problem obviously we didn't uh, no. quite, <laughs> as, quite as easy as I thought and we, we talk about expectations we had an email from uh, one of the listeners to the Southcast called Richard Summer and, and he wanted to give us his thoughts of what he was thinking on the opening day and he said having spent your life as the underdog suddenly being seen as big time Charlies from the football league even though you've pissed in the Wakeman end, to- end toilets you can't escape the sense that you're somehow above all this with our just we stand anywhere kind of vibe which we'll talk about as we go through the games um, it's like you're a seasoned business class traveller now faced with the horror of a no frills Ryanair flight to Timbuktu so <laughs> it was quite interesting I thought it was really funny when I read it but yeah we obviously got through pre-season and straight into the football um, obviously an opening day draw at Margate was a, was a bit of a blip and then we won um, five of the next six games so it was a, it was a good it was a good start to the season um, I thought you know it's worth reflecting on that first game at Margate with their what was it 17 fans that turned up and suddenly thinking right this is a slightly different uh, prospect to what we experienced last year and obviously the draw dampened expectations initially but I don't know has anyone got any recollections yeah, I was in Florida oh, right, there and you. unfortunately during those days was there was no social media there was no real chance of finding out how we got on so I, I found out in a steakhouse in Orlando <laughs> found an English paper and I was again giving it the, at the arrogant oh, this would be easy opened it up and then it was like oh and I think then it kind of hit me the realisation of you know, okay, this isn't going to be no. as easy as you think no what about you, David? Were you there at the Margate game? Or was it, yeah, 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 I was, yeah. I think it was just that kind of, um, it's that sudden, dull realisation that this really is it. Like, I don't, I did, I'm not sure I even knew, like, where Margate was. <laughs> like, and I, I'm quite good at geography. I was like, I don't know who they are. Big lads, they've got a game plan and they're giving us a proper game here what has happened mm, mm. and then obviously yeah we got we got that out of the way drawing and then sort of starting we, you know seventh place it was actually the lowest we were in the league the whole season that first day we were in seventh and we never we never That's went incredible. below that again yeah amazing isn't it and um, yeah then we went into a sort of a few away games then at non-league clubs you know Burton Albion was the first away game um, in their in their bus stop I think it was commonly described or it might have been Tamworth I can't remember now but yeah again we obviously Tam- just Tamworth was the bus yeah, stop yeah Tamworth was the bus stop we <laughs> went there on Saturday obviously and, and things have changed at Burton haven't they since, oh, since wow. we played that them in the conference grind, wasn't it? Mm. I mean I I remember I drove there with some colleagues from work and uh, we got there and there was this massive queue to the turnstiles and the way turnstiles were over like 
a grass sort of square, <laughs> if you like. So that's we had to walk over this grass square to get to the turnstiles. One out of two were open, and this cu- and the away end was always pretty full. Yeah. So you're thinking, jeez, <laughs> this is it. No, 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 this is our first proper away game. Yeah. And like we got in, and yeah, the atmosphere was just amazing. Uh, if I remember. Am I right in thinking Darren Moss got sent off? Uh, I can't quite remember. We've yeah. got we've got the details. We won one nil. Luke Rogers scored in seventy three. But yeah, you could be right about that. Um, and even then, with ten men, we we looked awesome. When we scored, the place went nuts. Yeah, it's wild. Um, and I <laughs> think it, we were on our way, weren't we? Then I yeah. think that that was what I Get, got out. Getting of. that first win off yeah. off the off we're the on our way now. Yeah. And the Margate game was interesting. Again, I was commentating for Shrewsbury with Andy Davis, and it was a warm, beautiful, warm day. And we'd gone in front, Margate equalised, and then, as you said, there was that realisation, which then, coming to the Burton game, went because we'd won, mm. because this is it, the juggernaut started. Yeah. So, it, and, it was interesting. And they went on a run, beat Wackham and Stanley uh, <coughs> at the Crown Ground. Um, and they were both late goals, relatively, yeah. weren't they? Like, 70, 80 minutes, when Cram scored against Accrington, that was yeah. the one where, like, again, well, Accrington's always a great away day. I remember I was going to, that, that, I went to that Accrington game on a way to a family holiday <laughs> um, and my parents had got a cottage near Inverness so I drove up from Shrewsbury to Accrington and then I carried on the journey at five o'clock wow. and got in at about half one in the Highlands awesome and uh, that, 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 that's the kind of like road trip day yeah. with this trip to Aki in the middle um, and, and of that run we won all our home games from that point onwards but the, there was one result in there that hurt quite a little bit Sean um, which was Chester City away which obviously wasn't really a non-league game at that point in time you know we've just previously played, played them three seasons back in the Football League and obviously we both got relegated and I mean I don't know what annoyed fans the most it was either losing to Chester and, and having our unbeaten start go or was it the complete and utter shambles of the organisation on that day where people were all over the shop and uh, just, it was just a nightmare really wasn't it do you know what? I don't, I, it's one of them. I don't actually remember the game because it was such a shambles the whole night. We, my mum my and my brother, we decided late on, oh, let's go to the game. And we got there, luckily, in decent time. And, yeah. and to be honest, I don't think there was really any. It, it wasn't all ticket either. No. no it wasn't. I think it was like, just turn up. And the queue was all the way up. I can remember it. It was all the way out of the ground, up the main road. And I was thinking, oh my God, we're not going to get in here. No. And we got in all right, but it was it was so tight in there. Yeah. But if, if, it wouldn't, get, say, it wouldn't I happen nowadays. I hate to say the word yeah. Hillsborough. Yeah. If, you know, for health and safety, somebody had seen that. Look at you, right? But it was a nightmare because nobody could really move. I can remember Tolly scored, but I could remember the whole night being a shambles. Yeah. And just walking out of there, just you see, not really after the football, but more like, oh god, I, I hate this place. I've probably got. So I was really angry and really frustrated at Chester. But also, for me, that trip was the one where it's like, you know what, something big is happening amongst our fan base. And I remember being outside and just about to get in, and it comes up on the tannoy and it goes, we've had to delay the kickoff because the Shrewsbury fans have arrived late pretty <laughs> yeah. well, is what they said. Job yeah. on. And people were going absolutely mental. Yeah. But then I love the bit where, like, down to the right, wasn't it, where the one bloke comes down the front and then the police let him across. 
and then after the one bloke moves, <laughs> there was like, like it was hundreds, <laughs> two, three hundred people. And yeah. it was like, even when the, when the homestand is for the Shrewsbury at an away game, you think to yourself, hold on a minute, something's changed here. We, we, we never mm. did that in the league, did no. I mean, a lot of my mates came across. I remember I went in early because I didn't really want to miss the game. And uh, they'd gone for another pint in the pub, like a lot of town fans had, and then somehow got in the Chester end and sort of waving as the men came in. It was, <laughs> it was quite amazing, really. But yeah, so by the end of <clears throat> start of September, we, we beat uh, Tamworth at home and we were sitting pretty in second. Everything had gone fine. And we sort of went into this next little period then, through September and October, where actually probably was one of the trickier periods of the season where we had four away trips um, we had three draws and one loss and it just felt a little bit like reality was going to bite so yeah those away games were Aldershot Woking Scarborough and Scunthorpe in, I think that was in one of the cup games that was um, no football league trophy so yeah it was it was starting to feel a little bit more tense there I don't know if anyone's got any of those games they particularly remember and want to pick out yeah I, I will pick out but I will just go back to the Akrington oh, go game on. And this is the game that uh, Alan Phillips the Tel- was the Telford commentator and Colin Bloomfield, bless him, yeah, was. Yeah. He used I to think do he was working for either BBC Shropshire or BBC Lancashire. He always got in there somehow, Colin. And, we, we would, <laughs> and he looks at us and goes, Telford won their lap against Aldershot. And Alan Phillips has just said there's only one team in Shropshire because at that point the oh. line table Telford were actually above Shrewsbury and that was the first time I think it had happened in millennia or whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, the end result was we won 1-0 and uh, Aldershot won 5-2 and Alan Phillips I think <laughs> was relieved of his duties. But, but going then on to Aldershot and Woking, I remember driving to both those, driving to Woking, uh, again glorious hot day, um, yes, yes. beautiful hot day. And time really in the ascendancy, looking like they were going to, you know, walk it. I think we went 2-0 up, and then Woking come back to 2-2. Mm, and mm. then I think went 3-2 up. Yep. And Jimmy Quinn come on. Pen. And, yeah, got the pen and <laughs> equalised, and there were scenes. There were, there were some major scenes. There was, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, an old shot, I think it was a very tight game, if I remember. Mm. But again, very beautiful hot day. And then I drove to Scarborough oh, late yeah. in October. Holiday. Uh, stayed over the night, yeah. Uh, had a few beers in Scarborough, but again, it, that was an interesting because it was it Mark Quayle um, played for Exeter for the equaliser. I think we were Mark two nil up. And Absolute starter. Yeah, <laughs> brought it back to two each. But again, when you see pictures of Scarborough's old ground, I always remember going there in October and yeah. thinking, "Oh, well, I've done the ground now." But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was one of those games. Town, I think again should have won. I think again, like the Woking one, there was a little bit of a. Yeah, we, we've got a team here, the fan base with it, but we seem to be not picking up the threes like Hereford seemed to do, didn't they? You know, Chester were. Yeah. So that's when we were starting maybe to come off the pace a little bit. Yeah, I mean, during this period, up to October, we slipped down to six, but I think it's funny what you said about the Woking game and, and that comeback. Obviously, Rogers' hat-trick was fantastic, but it did start one of the phrases of the season, which was the sort of rumble you got around the terraces of... Quinny's coming on, and do you remember? You know, every time he came on, there was like a sort of a bit of a sort of weird excitement about it, wasn't there, Sean? There was, yeah, there was. <laughs> I mean, it, as the season goes on, he did turn into be the mighty Quinn, didn't he? Yeah. You know, as a player, um, I never actually thought when I actually saw our manager. How old is he? 44? 43? Yeah. 44. If we sang a song, that's probably 62, no, isn't it? Sure. No, he was 44. He was oh, 44 when he made his debut for Shoot Town. Yeah, sorry, yeah, just singing the song again. And when, I, when he came on, it was, like you say, it was like, well, what are we doing here? Why are we bringing the manager on? <laughs> but it was needed at that time. We were struggling a little good. bit. I mean, what, any of those games stand out to you, Dave, really? Or, yeah, there was sort of a, a trickier patch that I think we probably don't remember these ones well, quite as much. What stands out for me is that Scunthorpe away in the Football League trophy is my 
sort of example of the lengths I've been to as a Shrewsbury fan. <laughs> yeah, because there was about there was under fifty of us there, weren't yeah. there? And I remember you and me went up together, didn't we? Think so. I think I drove. Up. Yeah, and um, and we did a bit of stuff for Shrewsweb, and it was just like it was cold and we lost and it was miserable. And it was, even it being the football league trophy and going back to Glanford Park and everything, it was just like, man, yeah. what 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 are we doing here? Like that's that's yeah. more than hardcore. That is that's just a bit silly. But anyway. yeah, we go. And then so yeah, we were stuck in sixth place then all November really. We couldn't get out of it. But the form did recover. Um, we went through a period of, of winning a fair few more games. We did lose at uh, Stevenage and Scunthorpe in the FA Cup then. Stevenage. Um, <laughs> he's got another one. Come, commentating at Stevenage, right? Andy Davis had lost his voice. <laughs> and I had to do that. And you were jammed. It's the smallest commentary place I think you'd ever got. And we lost him. We we, we were pretty poor that day. Mm. But all I remember is trying to commentate. And he said, My voice has got me. My voice has got No, I'm, I'm doing the commentary <laughs> because he's well. And yeah, it, it was not an enjoyable experience. But no. I think in November, it turned, didn't it? I think yep. we. We started to kick on then. Hmm. Uh, we, we lost the odd game after that. but Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially into Christmas, which we'll come to in a minute. But one of the games that stood out for me, Sean, I don't know if you there, was we played Lee RMI away in essentially a rugby ground, which was like a bowl. And it was the first time I can remember as a Chief Town fan thinking, I can walk around the entire stadium and come back to where I started here. I know. I, unfortunately, I wasn't there. Oh, there you um, go. I know. I was, I was, I was, it was still at school. It, it was, was a school night. Yeah, there you go. It was, um, it was an odd night but, that night. But the stories I hear of people, and I've seen the footage as well because they had the, the video for the end of the season when you watched it all yes. back. And it, it was, I mean, Lee RMI, I mean, what a name. You know, that was the, that's hitting home <laughs> in it when you go and play non-league. But the stories I've heard about people walking all the way around the ground, no segregation, nothing. And yeah, it was weird. It was when, really weird. When we went behind against them, though, that was the, that was the moment where you really realised that the sort of uh, anticipation was also linked to being really angry. Mm. And, like, when we went behind, because we nicked it in the last minute, didn't we? Kev Street. And, yeah. Um, nicked a point. And yeah, Street 90. And, and it yeah. was like... But up until that point, like it, it's it's a fine line, isn't it, mm. between like passionate support and then just giving them absolute pelters when it all goes <laughs> wrong. But yeah. for, for me, the game there that stands out is Forest Green because yeah. I went with a uh, with a group of lads and I, I was designated driver that day, and I, I went to pick them up from the uh, the the garage next to Matalan, and uh, I noticed they were all carrying a box of beer each. And I was like, <laughs> what's, what's going on here, boys? And uh, anyway, they each had a little competition going, and it was eight cans before they got to Forest Green <laughs> in my little old Vauxhall Astra. And we got to we got to Preston Boats Roundabout, and the first empty can got put on the floor. Yeah. And I thought to myself, this is going to be Carnage. A, a long old day. But it was it was such a great day out, and going to the social club beforehand mm-hmm. and everything. It was a really brilliant day out. Yeah, can, it was. We, can we add? There was probably one of the goals, best goals I saw at Game Meadow. During the time was by Jimmy Quinn okay, against yeah. Forest Green, where yeah. he smashed it top bins on the volley outside from the edge of the box, and I think it was squared, and he hit it on the volley, and I'm yep. standing there going, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> He's got oh it. Oh my god! I think <laughs> I actually shouted and I screamed really high pitched because I think the excitement hit me, and I did like a really girly high pitched screech. But you're only young, Sean. We'll let you off. Exactly. My voice was breaking, so you know it was an emotional time. Yeah, so, uh, there was a couple of other good performances in this period where we, we started to recover, as Aid was saying. One of them was we beat Hereford at home for. Um, oh, sorry, we beat Hereford at home for one. Yeah, that yeah. was it. World and that Cup was final. Don't so, yeah, yeah, some yeah. some some people we talked to about this, and some of the emails I'd say that was probably our performance of the season yeah, in terms yeah, of a, a complete yeah. performance. And um, yeah, there was goals from O'Connor, Cram Street, and I think it might have been. Cram later on again actually no, I'm not Darby. Sure. Darby was yes Darby. there we go 
that was a fantastic win. And then, obviously, you talked a bit about a minute ago about that first Telford game when everyone was sort of anticipating when it come. Um, and obviously, it came on the 9th of December, two thousand and three, at home, Game Meadow. Did it live up to the hype? Not really. It was nil nil. <laughs> no, but then Jody Bannon come on and, and looked a world beater, didn't he? And yeah. it was just like, come on, just score, just one just goal. Score. He almost just did. Do it. Just do it. Did. And he didn't. And it was nil nil. You come away, I think. Well, okay, we didn't lose. Mm. Yeah, that was no, amazing. I think thing. the one thing was the atmosphere was absolutely electric that night. Yeah. Great one. Yeah. I can remember it being. It was that the the station end was full with with them lot, and our end was just packed and. Even though, yeah, it was, it was. I can only remember Jody Bannon coming on, and I think that was the only time from then on the game actually come alive a little bit. Yeah. Because before then, it was pretty, pretty damp, and um, but yeah, under the lights at the meadow, amazing. The game meadow it was just couldn't beat them though, could we? And we're going to come to the other Telford games, which were much more sickening than that one, to be honest with you. But unfortunately, we have to talk about it as part of the season. But um, I think then that took us to the, to the 9th of December, sitting sixth as we, we sort of recovered. I said we, we'd be doing well, but we just couldn't get out of six. But the Christmas period was real fun, um, and I've got it on our agenda, but it's fallen off. So we played three games over Christmas. Um, one of them was the away trip to Margate, which I'm sure everyone's going to want to talk about. And the other two were the home and away games to um, Northwich Victoria, um, which was really good. That's one of the good things I liked about the conference, Dave, is that they do that home and away games against the local team on Boxing Day and, and the Christmas game, uh, the New Year's Day game, I think it was. Yeah. I, I wish the Football League would do that, mate. Oh, it makes so much sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, mm. yeah, it does, it does. So, yeah, Margate away, is anyone going to actually say that they went to this game? It was obviously not at Margate. No, my <laughs> dad was in hospital in Stoke, and oh, no. um, I remember we we went up to visit him, and as we drove home, my uncle put uh, Radio Shropshire on. And that's when uh, it was one of Jody Bannon's from the halfway yep. line, yep. isn't it? Yeah, he scored from the halfway line. I think the crowd was 600, he was played in Dover, and there was only about 200 time fans there. It was there on was. A Sunday as well. It was on a Sunday, it? yeah. Um, but yeah, crucial win, you think about it now. It was, it was. Um, uh, who were you there, Dave? I worked Sunday, so that I was the off. only one there then at the table. But yeah. well, I'll tell my Dover story when me and Ollie do our extra bit of the podcast later on. But oh, yeah, it was, a, it was a, <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, it was a, it was one of my, I think in terms of my overall experience watching Shoe Town, it's definitely my most random away game. So yeah, there we go. We'll talk about that then. Yeah. Um, but then we got, I say, we got the Margate game out of the way and I had those back-to-back games. And yeah, the... Um, the, the, the Northwich Victoria game was was quite interesting, wasn't it? And Bates. taking over their ground on on yeah New Year's Day, well, I think the it was. The game was good though, wasn't it? Because we had five thousand at home, we had the yep. station end. Northwich had just put in a little bit of the what is the family stand? Poured it there. It rained. The pitch looked absolutely awful, like game that they used to. Um, but we were just awesome, weren't we? We, yeah. we were just. Oh. I remember Tino scored as well, and yeah, I was yeah like a like a. A fanboy, wouldn't I? So I got he all got the clinching goal, three yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, he did. As he, I, I got to know Tino quite well, and I remember him saying to me because I think it took about two deflections on the way in. He's like, "No, I meant it. It was acrobatic. It was beautiful. I guided into the back and there." But yeah, but taking nine points over that festive period was fantastic, and it really got the the wagon rolling again into into the new year. Um, I think it was a couple of games might have got called off in that period for for bad weather, if I'm rightly. But yeah, so we were we were sort of there, still in six, still right on the coattails of the top five, and weren't quite as far behind thanks to those three wins. Um, but yeah, I had a story from someone at, at, at Northwich. So this was from Shu in Japan off Blue and Amber. Um, and he put, I doubt any Slopian who went to Northwich away will ever forget it due to the unexpected attendance of literally thousands, yeah. 2,600 town fans. My mates and I were lucky enough to get in after lingering too drunk drinking in the sports bar at the ground beforehand. 
When we went to the turnstiles to enter the ground, there were huge lines and we were told that the away end was already full and they were attempting to move the home fans into the main stand in order to open up the rest of the ground for Shrewsbury. Finally, I got in, squeezed in and um, came in the original away end where we were supposed to go in the first place. Could barely see the pitch because it was so packed. It felt like a crap game, but really it did show us that we were a very big fish in a very small pond, which I think was the theme of the season. Yeah, really really good to get some more feedback from people there, but... um, yeah, it was we all were good. awful though, weren't we? That day, we wrapped up with two thousand six hundred. We won two nil. We were shocking. It felt very pre-season friendly, like because I think yeah. we expect. I, I think we as I did. I expect us to win the game quite comfortably after what we did to them on Boxing. I thought yeah. we'll come here and, and rock up and win the game easily, and the whole atmosphere seemed to be quite, like I say, a pre-season feel to it. Um, there's, there's there's a couple of things that stick out to me that day was when we. Me and my family rocked up, and and saw the hordes of people. And you said at the beginning of the part of being like seeing the fans and thinking something's happening here. I mean, that was unbelievable seeing mm. that amount of fans there going to Northwich, taking two thousand six hundred. But seeing our lot turn up on the coach on this plush <laughs> tinted windows coach, and seeing Northwich players coming in on their bikes with their boots around the necks, <laughs> I, I thought that is just like that is levels, isn't it? You know, yeah. that shows what they are and where we are, but. I was hanging off a, of a floodlight in the corner of the of the ground, trying to see over because it was just it was just chocker. Yeah, there was nowhere. And the uh, the social club before the game was awesome because you go in and it's it must have been like ninety five percent Shrewsbury. <laughs> so like, you know, there has been occasional discussions about supporters bars at football, <laughs> yeah. at football grounds you relating need to our stadium. But like, you know, it was more fun. At, it was actually at Witten, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at Witten. Yeah. 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 They were building the new one. It was actually yeah. more fun Witten away than it is when we go to our own games. Which yeah. is a bit sad. Yeah, it is a bit sad. And so that was Christmas out of the way. It was it was looking good. And then we went on probably, I think, well, looking at the stats from the season, we went on our best run of the season. So we went unbeaten in 11 games across um, FA Trophy, Football Conference. Um, and so, yeah, we took ourselves from round three of the, of the Football Trophy through to the quarterfinal with Telford, which we'll come to in a minute. Um, but yeah, we also went through, I think it was six of those games where we games and I think all but one of them were wins so there were some, some good performances in there but the whole of that, that run all started after we played um, the Nine Points from Christmas with a trip down to Dagenham which will long, long, live long in my memory as, as one I went to and I think maybe Adrian might be nodding like you went to that game as well. It was shocking. 5-0 <laughs> we should just say. Shocking. Yeah it was. It was we very cool. We love 5-0 at Dagenham because we did it again a few years. Yeah ago. we did didn't we? <laughs> it, What were we doing? I don't, I don't Even now. What were we doing? No idea. But anyway, I mean, the great teams, the Turner team lost 5-0 in the promotion season. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, they lost 5-0 yeah. and then, I say, they unbeaten in 11 after yeah. that, which showed, I think it really did show something about the season, the way it was heading. And um, all I remember about that Dagenham game was Gregor Ruck had probably, again, oh. one of the worst games I've ever seen a professional oh. footballer have. And one of my friends leant over, I think it was about 20 minutes into the, into the second half, and Quinny had come on then, I think, or, or I think it was Quinny, and he shouted at Quinny, can you go and hide Gregor Ruck's boots for the next game or something like that? And he just turned around and went... Yeah, <laughs> so I don't think he was overly pleased with Gregor Rick at that point in time. But um, yeah, I suppose Dave, the one game that stands out there was that quarter-final defeat to Telford, which which again hurt a lot, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's just, it's just so annoying because it's a little bit like because they're about to go pop, weren't they? They were on the verge. Yeah. So it's a little bit like you know you've worked really hard for your Ford Mondeo and you're just packing up for a family holiday. 
and you're like next door neighbour who's never really done a day's work in his life rocks up with his BMW that he's got on higher purchase. <laughs> it's not really his, but he's given you the big one. It's an amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like not everything about this is unreal. Like you're going to lose this stadium, you're going to lose these players. Even trying to compete with us mm. is going to take away your entire existence. But you've still won, and you're going to dine out on it for yeah. the next 15 years. And they, Every, have. E- and they have. Yeah. Everything about that no is so. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about that is so frustrating. Yeah, it's, no, it's like <sighs> no number of shops you've seen in a cup final since then has really taken away the pain of what happened no. that season with no. Telford, has it? And, and, competitive and, uh, fixture. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, we're probably not going to play them competitively for a very, very long time unless we draw them in the cup. And so we'll be waiting. Yeah, touch wood. <laughs> um, so, so there's that as well. But there were some there were some good wins in here as well. Um, I don't know if any of those particularly stand out to you. But one of the things I thought was interesting is we were starting to get the crowds building up now. Mm. There was, as Dave said at the start, this real sort of drive behind the football club to come back up first time um, so we started opening the station end for yeah. home fans which again as a, at my age of 23 I'd never seen the football club do that in my period so I remember standing I think it might have been for is that, was it Altrincham no, no it wasn't Altrincham Lee it was, Lee, it was on Sky yeah, it could have been yeah. and, and I remember standing in the you know saying well we'll try that and we'll go back to my normal place in the Riverside but it was just interesting the club was sort of evolving and, and trying to accommodate what was the, the sort of groundswell of, of popular popular fanism coming and trying to back us that season Sean yeah definitely I, I, I I went across that night and, and stood on the station and it was, yeah, I think it was the Liara mic because it was all on Sky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just felt different. It felt nice because mm. it was it was a first experience for me because obviously it's always been the away end. Um, and it was it was nice to see, you know, we were talking about pre-season and Aidy said about getting the club back together. And I mm. think it was nice to start seeing the club Linking with the fans and opening different avenues and channels away to support the club, and it was, it was a nice atmosphere. It was started, you know, people were enjoying going to the games. Um, yeah. And Lee RMI obviously was another Barnum. Worldy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm. was, three, yeah. Ri- three ricochets from the halfway line. I still wasn't much of a player, was he? But he could score from long distance, and that was <laughs> that was main main element of it. I mean, to be. yeah. Well, I mean, we should just really have a, a more wide discussion about the strikers that we had that season, because obviously we had Bannon who'd come in part way through the season, didn't join us right at the start, but we'd obviously retained Rogers. We had Cram, Derby joined us a little bit into the season. So you know, we had we, during the season, and Quinn obviously was coming off the bench. We did have a nice crop of strikers, Dave, didn't we? That we were, we were able to rely on when one was injured. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Luke Rogers was still like the you know was it oh is he going to be the conference's first million pound player and all that <laughs> sort of stuff? It was that sort of like really 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 promising young players. But then you knew that if Quinn came on with five minutes to go, he was going to sell someone a dunk and win a penalty. <laughs> so like, it was complete chalk and cheese. But you yeah. need that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I, I obviously, you know, that season for anyone that sort of is aware of what we're going to I set up the Dwayne Derby Appreciation Society. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back now, he wasn't the most talented player ever to, to have an appreciation society, no. but <laughs> it was the it was the the way that the sort of you know the first sort of thing that I ever did to do with Shrewsbury Town fan things, and it's ended up leading to this. I suppose Derby so. was massive signing for us, though. In mm. the end, let's let's be honest, he was the, exactly what we needed up there. He was mm. different. He was. He was horrible. Yeah. I remember he used to stare at you. Like if he did something wrong, he'd stare. Probably at you. I liked him. <laughs> God, he was terrifying. Off the pitch, he was a really nice, nice bloke, a nice family man. I never met him, but on the pitch, he was horrible. Yeah, he was. And he was perfect for us. He was. And so, they, so they were all contributing during that period. So we went unbeaten for eleven, and then we had probably our most difficult period of the season, where we had the two annoying losses at Telford. Um, one, the other one was the, the re- replay of the second leg of the trophy, and obviously then lost them in the league. So that dented us there. We also lost a really huge game to Hereford, which probably cost us the title if, yeah. you, if you think about where we ended up um, and it wasn't it was a pretty comprehensive loss as well that one and so this was only 
I'm just looking at the stats now, but it was it was March to April really where we lost four of seven, and that kind of yeah, set the tone then for the rest of the season, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, which was which was not ideal. I mean, I remember going to the Hereford game and it, it being a sickener. Their fans massively enjoyed that game, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> there well, was, that, that was the one where Telford had gone bust that week, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. they were playing Canvey Island, weren't they? In the trophy. That was the one where uh, we'd been in the Dolphin on the Friday night. And having a bit of a sing song about Andy Shaw being like we do, but being forty-four. Yeah, that, I'm pretty sure that's where that chant was birthed. And then, and then those of us who made it out the next day to Hereford, like started it off or whatever. And then yeah. I'm sure that's is that the history of that chant. I think that's true. Yeah, I think I'm it might be. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, I, think <laughs> I do remember Hereford being one of the best atmospheres at an away game I've ever been to because it was just it was it was packed, the home end, our end. The view at Egger Street is absolutely crap anyway. You can't see if you stood behind a pillar down the side, you're knackered anyway. But I remember yeah. it just rocking that day. There was so much riding on it, wasn't there? It did, oh, you know, huge. even yeah. I think I'm just looking at the date now, it was it was huge. just the end of sort of into March, really, and yeah. it did feel like there was so much riding on it. It didn't go our way, but obviously we weren't able to recover again there. So, yeah, there was this, there was a bit of a worry then. I don't know, did anyone sort of think, you know, we might, might gonna, we might mess this up then? No, I, I think for me it was at Farnborough um, a couple of games later. Where we were nil nil at half time. Yeah. It was a tiny ground. There was grass going out of the terrace, and I, I was standing with people I stood with at Main Road and Allen Road, and seeing us win. And I, I thought then, you know, if, if we can't win here, that that's probably going to be it. And uh, we did win. Yep, three yeah. one. Yep. And yep. they scored an amazing goal, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's I say that was when we played up front, day, So um, yeah. that was good. But that, that then that run, this was sort of this this final push then towards the end of the season. Um, and yeah, we, we ended the season pretty well, to be fair. And it was one of the interesting things in that period where we'd lost those games. We went to Barnet and won one nil. When Derby scored a late goal, it was a Tuesday night. I remember going to that game, and that you know was one of those things that must have stayed with them coming into this final push. And we'll come to the playoffs in a minute. But we ended the season well. We didn't lose any of the remaining games then. We scored plenty of goals, I say. There was all sorts of funny things that started happening. So last day always sticks out for me. And I remember, I'm pretty sure you went to that, didn't you, Dave? I oh, know, didn't. Okay, we were at Morecambe and, you know. Fancy dress. Yeah, fancy dress. Jimmy Quinn came on and scored and was right in front of the, the town famous fans. scarf burning incident. It's, it's it is famous yeah. scarf burning There is. There's one thing yeah. I wasn't supposed to mention. <laughs> no, mention yeah. it. I don't. Well, it's I don't know. I wasn't there. But I just remember the, uh, yes. the old uh, blue and amber lit up yes. that evening as well with various opinions on what should or shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I would like to say I was around but was not involved <laughs> on that incident. There we go. I will, I will confirm that. <laughs> Aid was there as well. Yeah, that pub we always used to go to at, um, Duke of York. at Morecambe. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that opening day, and we went on the pitch at the end. I don't know if you were you there, Sean. I had to sacrifice that for uh, Barnet. Uh, so there you go. No, so. I was there. So I went when, when it was good. It was one of those things where you kind of felt like there was a bit of love for us in the conference. Like it didn't feel like that over the summer. I felt like people were thinking we were thinking we were being a bit too cocky. But mm. went on the pitch, the Morecambe fans sort of clapped us. We clapped them, and they sort of you know I can remember shaking hands with people through the railings. And they were saying good luck at the you know in the yeah. next bit. Joe Hart played, didn't he? Yep, he did. Yep. Yeah, it was one of his two games. So, yep. Yeah, it was, and then it was like headlong to the playoffs, wasn't it? Then? Yeah, it was. I remember Quinny scoring that goal though. Just I remember laughing about it <laughs> more than anything. But there we go because it was a big win. But as, as Sean just said, then you saved your powder for Barnet. Yes. And that was a, a tricky old event, wasn't it? Yes. More so for myself because it was a school day, <laughs> and I went down with my three mates. No, two mates. Sorry, three of us went down, and we all had a dentist appointment at the same time down in North London. So we managed to get out of school. But yeah, it was uh, an interesting evening. It certainly was. It certainly was. And and got. Oh well, we're just going to pause here for a second because Aid's got a Christmas party. So say goodbye, Aid. Bye bye. <laughs> so, um, that's fine. Uh, in fact, if anything, we'll just take a little break here and we'll come back to just discuss the final bit of the season. 
And now, Darren Moss, the player who will miss the promotion final if Shrewsbury get there. Has had to now go and get the ball from behind the goal to see if his penalty will take Shrewsbury into the promotion final at Stoke City's Britannia Stadium a week on Sunday. It's all down to this. If he scores, Shrewsbury go to the final. So Aid has left us off for his Christmas party. Can't blame him really. Um, but uh, yeah, Ian, the, the manager of the pub, is, has come and joined us in place. So you might you might hear a new voice now. Do you want to quickly say hello, Ian? Hi there. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, but you're a big fan as well. You've been going for years as well, haven't you? Yes. yes yeah. There we go. Three, so. so we've got an Aid. Aid, you've been substituting for Aid. There yeah. you go. Um, so yeah, we were just finishing off talking about the away um, leg at Barnet, which um, was was a tricky result, and it looked like it might have been slipping away from us at that point in time. But we obviously had probably again. As a town fan in my generation, I always think about the main things that I remember as a town fan. Everton, you know, winning the playoff final. But the Barnet game always stands out to me. I don't know what it is about it, but it's just that. that I think it might have been the first time I'd ever seen us win a playoff game. I think it must have been, mustn't it, if I think about how old I am. So that, that, that victory and what happened, the penalties and all the incidents about that day, it was just a fantastic occasion, wasn't it, Sean? Yeah, it was. It was, it, it was, uh, it was horrible. I felt, I remember just feeling sick throughout the whole <laughs> game. Um, and, to then realise afterwards that you know Darren Moss, who scored the winning penalty, was not playing in the final. For him, must have been feeling that he must have felt horrible, but at the same time, jubilation. And it was just great scenes that day. It was a horrible game. I remember it being tight, massively. Yeah. I remember it being hot. Yeah. I remember it being rammed on the riverside, being stuck behind scaffolding. Which is great because in those days we had scaffolding right in the middle of the river. Yeah, it was quite right, 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 yeah. Now all of a sudden we've got someone standing up in front of you, you moan about it, so <laughs> it's like a bit riff. You want to say standing up, yeah? It doesn't matter, eh? <laughs> there you go. Um, somebody moaning. <laughs> and, and Sean's right, isn't he, about that game? You know, the, the, the only goal we scored in normal time was a Rogers penalty, and then obviously it went on through extra time, and then. Yeah, it's that pure, unadulterated tension. And it's just horrible. Mm. And it, but even for that one, I think because obviously we were excited to win, but then you're still stuck in the conference and you've got a final to play on. So it wasn't like it wasn't like it was it was there was a release of tension in the celebrations, but it was like oh my goodness, if this is what this is like, what's the final going to be like? Yeah, you know what I mean? it was mm. the away game at Barnet as well. It was incredibly tense. Yeah, game. Mm. incredibly tense game. And wet. Oh, yeah. it's just there's it just so much riding on it because when you're in non-league wanting to get back in the league it, it just feels like your survival's riding on it mm. you just want to get back in the league that's all you're aiming for it was desperate yeah it was desperate I was going to ask you Ian actually as you, uh, as you were in, managing the pubs I assumed you did this back in the day were you in, were you in here or not? it was actually the first year we'd, we'd, we'd moved in here ah, okay. so, uh, yeah so we'd had well we'd, no, we'd, we'd, we were here for the relegation season that was it and then um then it kicked off after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I've always found this is this is one of very few pubs that's done gay meadow, new meadow still. Do you, do you know what yeah. I mean? You know, it's it was it's almost equidistant really between the grounds, isn't it? And I suppose that you know it's jumping in here when we win now, but I suppose after that that win on the pe- on penalties against Barnet, I imagine it was quite a busy night in here. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a great, great <laughs> night. But it was still, well, as Dave says, it was the realization we still hadn't got it done. Got it done, mm. and it was such a t- 
tight affair. It was, it was. But there, yeah. So yeah, when the it was Mossy that took the penalty, wasn't it? That, yeah. that saw us yeah. through, wasn't it? And it was, you know, you say you're going to miss the final, but there was some poetic sort of justice about that, I suppose. And just yeah, celebrations. Back on the pitch, pitch again, weren't we? Yeah. Oh, mm. I, I, I still mock my brother to this day because everybody jumped the barrier. My brother got his foot caught in the barrier <laughs> and went absolutely arse over it and flew onto the pitch. But got up. I think. I think deep down, it was one of those that he really wanted to cry because it hurt. But he was just like, "If I cry, it's because we've won." But, <laughs> we did it. but just everybody was just piling on everybody, on the players. And I remember hugging a, a, a really. I can't remember which player it was, but he was absolutely ringing wet. Yeah. I remember just coming out of it going, oh. The Barnet players got mobbed, didn't they, as everyone ran on as well, and it was just yeah, like... Certain Mr. <laughs> certain Mr. Redmar got mobbed as well, didn't he, because he was playing for Barnet, <laughs> he wasn't was, he, that yeah. day? He was, yeah. I think there was a few incidents that happened on the pitch that day, but we best not speak too much about them. Um, but yeah, it was it was fantastic when everyone got there, and it was it was good celebrations, and um, yeah, it was just, you know, trying to look forward then. One of the things that sticks out for me, I remember, is that because they were the way they were doing t- tickets on that day, because they wanted to sell it out, season ticket holders had to be in at F1. You know, and there was like a. Which you think, this is before you were a ticket office manager, Sean. So we can't blame you. But yeah, I remember having to be in really, list, really early. They didn't require a gas bill either this time. That was another thing from a few years before. But yeah, I remember that sticking out for me. Well, but I'm just I'm pretty sure that decision was just to try and sell more stuff. <laughs> Probably was to be honest with you. <laughs> It was before before we played all the opera before the match as well, wasn't it? That was another time as well. That was when we left the meadow, that was. Um, yeah, but there we go. So that was it. I, I remember, because Blue and Amber was a thing, the message board, and I think, you know, it was before social media, and we'd be gone sort of past the fanzines. We hadn't quite started doing our new fanzine at that point in time, had we, Dave? So Blue and Amber was like the main thing, and I remember the excitement on there about everyone trying to get tickets in the same block. You know, it was it, it was the first time we'd been in the playoffs as a club, wasn't it? We'd not yeah. done it before, and so even the younger generation was just feeling the same thing as the older generation. Just that excitement of a final showpiece final it was just ace wasn't it absolutely and the fact that it was so close as well yeah yeah. it just means it's accessible and it means everyone can go and it's affordable and all those things whereas like you know if that if if we'd gone to Wembley like it just eat the whole day out element of it would have been worse than what it was. We'd have lost it was, as well. It was well, exactly. Of <laughs> like, like because of where it was for Shrewsbury, and I, I remember driving up there, and as you drove up there, like every pub on the way up, uh, every pub was Lock just heads. like blue and amber, yeah. completely. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? On the way there, let alone the way back. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant to see. Probably worth asking how you guys got there. Then, did, how did you go, up, Sean? I suppose you'd be your parents at your age. Yeah, I went yep. to, I went up with me mum. My my dad was banned. My mum said to my dad, "You are not coming to the game, so you can stay away." I thought you meant like a band. <laughs> what did he do on the pitch against Barnet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, 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 nothing at all. It, it, it all stemmed from the season before we got relegated. and We lost to Bristol Rovers at home five, five two, I think it was. No, he wasn't there to come. My around. dad turned to my mum and said, "Never, ever, ever take me back to watch Shrewsbury Town again." He now comes every week with me, pretty much. So go, obviously the match, but. Yeah, went up with my mum and brother and, uh, and my best mate at the time. So we went up in the car and, yep. yeah, like Dave said, the journey up was, you just remember just seeing it, it was just blue and amber. Tail to tail all the way up there, up brilliant. the road, wasn't it? it was Did you go in? Yeah, we, we, um, well, we'd run a, our first ever coach, we ran to, ran to oh, awesome. for, the last, for the last game yeah. and then for the, for the final. I think we had, we had three or four coaches because we had them all parked down Bellevue Road by the uh, okay. ball's head. But of course, we had people on there that weren't used to travelling on coaches, so they were all walking down with cases of Parker and oh, no. <laughs> we were having to sort of get all that shifted I think we got somebody who wasn't going to the game to drive round from the pub to go down Beckham Street 
pick up all this beer, <laughs> take, <laughs> take, up take it back up here for oh, a Oh, desperate times. Back, yeah, the police yeah. were really strict. I remember yeah, one yeah, of the other yeah. things I remember seeing up there was numerous minibuses being pulled over by the police and they were searching for alcohol on them. Yeah. I think they were worried about there being trouble, but because um, Aldershot didn't have a great reputation either, did they, for, no. for having troublemakers? It turned out it went, went off without any problems, didn't it, to be fair? Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. I went up in a minibus... Um, that mine James was driving yes. with loads of lads in. Was that the word? Did you go in that as well? I didn't know. I, I was right. part of helping organise it, but I've yeah. been driving my mates home and away all season. Because just to say, I went to pretty much every game this season. I only yeah. missed the first game. Um, so I've been driving the same five lads to yeah. every game. So I drove again, but so I, so I know loads that went up. So we all went up in this minibus, and that was a great laugh. But there was two minibuses, from what I remember. Um, Terry Jones was driving one of them, right. a guy that town fans will know. And that one broke down. And there was the second bus, you were probably on the first bus, that got back. But there was a second bus when everyone was celebrating. And it was just, they left it in Stoke. And they went, they went and got it the next day. So oh, there we go. <laughs> just they couldn't get it home. Um, so, yeah, I suppose the final. Where, you know, I, I think we were probably were all sitting in the same block. Because I remember all the Boomerama people got a, a sort of an, an area in the same block, right in the middle of, of it. And... Um, the, the, just the atmosphere that day I, it does remember to me balloons stick out as being a number one thing there were balloons everywhere and we all had our mm-hmm. Town went on the merch didn't they with all sorts of foam hands and I remember hats and yeah. celebratory t-shirts and I, I, you know, I was only 23 and I, I foolishly probably bought all of it so it was just great wasn't it and, and yeah. you felt I went into that game thinking we're going to do this I, I was really really confident obviously those things changed when they got their first goal didn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I was the same as you. The whole build-up and the the atmosphere was... It was just mega excitement. And at the same time, it was mega nerves as well because it was like we are on the cusp of doing something that not many teams do when they yeah, drop, into the, drop into the non-league. And it, it could... it could it, I still think it would have been... Do, it, it would have killed us if we'd have stayed down there another season. I think it, we could be still there. We might not mm. have a new ground... We might have just folded because we were hemorrhaging, weren't we, money at the time? I think yep. the reports are coming out. Um, so there was so much riding on that day. And I think everybody just tried to make as much noise as possible, but let's, deep down we were all absolutely petrified. Mm. And they were good as well, the Aldershot fans, mm. weren't they, Dave? I remember yeah, on the day they, they were fantastic. They had a song, a Apache. it was Apache. Yeah. It was great, their atmosphere in the game, wasn't it? You, mm. you did have genuinely a final, and it does show... You know, playing it at a smaller ground and having it mostly full was a cracking idea, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, definitely. Because when you go to Wembley and just the roof is about four and a half miles above you, and it's just <laughs> cavernous and you can't really get it going. Whereas both sets of fans were properly, properly got it going. Yeah, it was it was great. And then, is there an argument for Dwayne Darby's goal being one of the most important in the club's history? Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we were dreadful. Yeah. Let's be brutally honest. We were absolutely dreadful that day, and Aldershot should have won the game. Mm-hmm. If you go off a performance on the day, Aldershot deserved to probably win the game if they had it done. Yeah. If we'd have lost, I'd have been heartbroken. I'd have been gutted, but I'd have gone. Do you know what? We didn't play well enough that day. No. But yeah, it was an absolutely monumentally huge goal. Yeah, and it went proper mental, didn't it? It certainly did. <laughs> I think it was, it was fantastic. Like, I think it was like a point five or a second. Where it just went quiet, it hit the net, and I think everybody's like. Yeah, it was down the other end, wasn't it? Yeah. From where yeah. I was, anyway. I, and then all of a sudden it just went nuts. Things were flying. Yeah. And, oh. How badly did you lose yourself, Ian? Did you go mad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, had, we, we just didn't just didn't perform, did we? No. And it was that got us back in the game, in fairness. 
I think second half, Jamie Toddy didn't he break through and had a good chance to mm, score later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But they had their chances as well. So. Yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty entertaining game in the second half, wasn't it? I don't remember too much the first half because no, didn't quite go our way. But um, you know, and that was it. So into extra time then, and it, if we'd frozen in the in the initial ninety minutes, um, you know, it, it felt a little bit like both teams froze in extra time a little bit because the pressure was so much more, and it was it's on both teams. And too it was, much riding on it by then, isn't it? Oh, it's such a huge game, isn't it? You talk about the, the championship playoff final to get in the Premiership, and that is a huge game as well now. But I suppose that's our little taste of that isn't it really because as, as Sean said and we've talked about this a lot Dave we often wrote about it in the fanzine that the club felt like it was kind of on the line it would have been so difficult to try and get out of the conference again and you know just yeah. that, that pressure really yeah it's weird because m- most playoff games are like you're there to win something yeah but if you win something like if you don't win it then you're still where you were mm. whereas because being in the conference compared to being in the league it, with our history and everything it, the devastation of loss yeah. would be like another relegation. Yeah, it's definitely. that level. It's another season in the conference. It's not like another season in the championship or whatever. It's actually like because it's not like we were. Yay, we're back in League Two! Hooray! It was like, <laughs> hold on a minute. No, it's not about that. Yeah. So we're a football league club. It's like we don't even want to be in League Two. Actually, we want to be in League One and challenging. That's where we want to be. Mm. So the idea we're down here is just. Sickening. Yeah. Yeah. And so when Rogers put one in orbit <laughs> in the penalty shootout, <laughs> there was this, there was that kind of like I, yeah, I, I've watched penalty shootouts loads of times. The first time I'd obviously seen Shrewsbury have a, an important penalty shootout, but you know you'd seen as a kid growing up, I'd seen England mess them up all the time. And I think I was I don't know I wasn't close to crying, but I was pretty much like we're good. That's it. It's done now. I I you know felt like I was throwing in the towel, but <sighs> I was so confident. I mean he was. Banyan penalties in yeah, top he scored a corner, lot. bottom corner, all through the season. And when he rocked up to take the first one, I was like, yeah, this is no problem. This will get us off the mark. And when you saw that go with the bar, your main player... Your main striker. I felt... I literally felt my heart break a little bit. And I was like... I was having a wobble and I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, this is... That's huge. Obviously, it didn't matter. But it was horrible. It's quite difficult as well to describe just how over the bar it was mm. because like there is over the bar like you can get hit it over the bar but you're still hitting it like towards the goal it was al- almost as though he was trying to avoid the goal did like, he it was... actually catch it? Nobody's ever come forward and yeah, there was a Russian right? astronaut, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I thought it landed somewhere in Brighton. I don't know. Like, because it, it was just so it was just so wild. Oh. It was like, if you're going to teach someone about the art of penalty taking, it's, it's, that's the one. It's quite an iconic moment. All three of the big things that happened at the penalty shoot are iconic. Is miss, and then obviously it's hard to judge who was the slightly who was the bigger hero. You know, Scott Harry for the for the saves, and I think he probably shades it because he made a couple of saves, oh. or the main man to take that pressure penalty, Trevor Chalice. You know. Do you think you can split them? Do you think that's fair enough Scott or not? Howie. You, you so go Howie all, yeah. all the way. That's fair enough. I'd go Howie because Chalice, if he'd missed, we'd have had a chance. We yeah. still had yeah. a chance. True enough. But it was, uh, and to be fair, I, like, yeah, because that was, so Chalice was the winning penalty, but I actually yeah. think, was it Tolly, Sedgemore, and then Chalice? Yeah. And I think, Jamie Tolly. The Tolly's one, that's the one where you've got to have absolute balls of steel, isn't it? Because it's like, there's already been one missed it's all up for grabs a little bit and that, that so for different reasons you know they, they all showed a lot of and, and, and even Sedgemore like he he could take a set piece couldn't he he was good at set and pieces yeah he's probably one of the best set piece takers we've had exactly. at a football club exactly ever. yeah, yeah. Ever. like you know and that's a very very good penalty mm. I think the saves were, were unbelievable amazing 
Absolutely amazing. I'll play the comment when we split this podcast up. I'll play the commentary the same thing because I've got all those clipped off, and I think that will kind of add add to it. They have another corner, second in quick succession. Here it comes from Tolly. Tinson's in there. Could break for Dobby, yeah! and he scores. Dwayne Dobby hammers the ball into the roof of the net. All the shot couldn't deal with a corner, and it's Dobby for Shrewsbury Town. I think it's Gosling, number eighteen. Yes, it's. Uh, Gosling for Aldershot really needs to score to keep his side in it and Howie has done it again three out of three for Scott Howie he is a hero Scott a save Trevor well Chalice you can be a hero and so can Scott Howie ex-Telford United man Trevor Chalice scores and puts Shrewsbury Town back into the Football League back where they belong they have beaten Aldershot on penalties and look at the celebrations around the Britannia Stadium. But yeah, that was it. That, that, that sort of penalty going in, and, and it was just, it was ecstasy, wasn't it? And as you were talking about before, we've been the pressure building up all season. We hadn't quite done it, we hadn't quite done it. But when we'd done it, oh, that was, it was like we've experienced ecstasy of beating teams in the FA Cup or getting other promotions. But there was something very special about that getting back first time, wasn't there? Yeah, I said to before, I think it, it was the. The uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? It was basically the the reignite the reigniting of our football club. Yeah, you know it's it, it it made us better. It made us stronger. It made the fans better as well. We had a better fan base during the conference, and from then on, it just grew. Yeah, it grew. We might not even have New Meadow now if we hadn't got out first time. You know, finances no. might have been trickier. Might not even be able to, to get that deal done. And who knows? It is true. Say, so who knows where the club would have been? But. There we go, Dave. What are your recollections about that night? <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember uh, we went down to the Crown in Colham first. Yeah. And, uh, sorry to... <laughs> not, not in Colham, I didn't mean that. I meant by the Abbey. Yeah, we used to go there. And there were town fans everywhere. And then the players came back and there was all that, that bit that's the real sort of, you know, mm. people with flags and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and we were there for quite a while. And then uh, lots of people went up to what was Park Lane yeah, I imagine yeah I remember that so uh, and that was a thoroughly good night out and I just remember coming out of Park Lane because we decided it was time to go for a curry and it was it must have been half 12 or something and there was a Shrewsbury Town player in the car of <laughs> being driven by one of the supporters out standing up out of the sunroof <laughs> spraying, bo- spraying bottles of beer at the crowd awesome and there was literally people dancing all over the streets and I can't, I can't remember what they were singing but it was just it was one of the town fans one of the town songs yeah. so that kind of like the sort of like you know everyone goes up town and is dancing in the streets whatever like there actually was there genuinely was that night and I remember it being outside you know where C21 is now down yeah. by that, that pub down yeah. there it was it was fantastic to be fair and I should imagine this place was pretty jumping was it yeah it was yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, it was. Took so it was a, a really nice day wasn't it it, was just, it, was. it just carried on it was just it was perfect it was a, it was a perfect we, day the we, weather was fantastic because well, we were all back quite early it was, yeah it was a, like a one-ish kick off yeah, yeah it yeah. started a bit early so everyone yeah. was back a bit early so you know and I, I, I do have a slight confession though because there might have been a few of us who were on the way to the round the curry house at the end <laughs> and obviously to get there from part lane you have to walk down the wild car. yeah so <laughs> sort of down the middle of the road at about quarter to one in the morning or whatever 
a full rendition of going down the world oh. to see the Shrewsbury Aces <laughs> Great by quite a considerable number of people seeing that. So to any residents of Wild Cop during that period, we'd like to apologise <laughs> for the disturbed sleep, but it was all good. Some area residents. I, I imagine that I imagine that you were not the only people that did that that night as well. So um, there we go. I suppose that was it, really. That was uh, we'll, we'll kind of sum that bit up. But it was a fantastic night. Everybody just enjoyed themselves, and we you, knew, you had that whole summer to just sit back relax and just wait for you to be back in the football league it was such a good feeling and um i think yeah i think that kind of rounds up the season summary we'll come to sort of some some questions of the season but is there any other madcap stories from that season that you've missed that you you, you think we need to recover i think we've covered everything haven't we yeah i mentioned before about um the tamworth game where we scored two late goals i think roger scored a hat that day and it was on sky I remember myself and my brother did a full-length sprint Riverside, <laughs> literally neck and neck with Busy, and it was really, to this day, I don't know what possessed me to do it, oh. um, but that's probably the only busy moment of my life that I will do, and it was fantastic, and then you just end up in the, in the corner by the toilet going, how am I doing here? <laughs> kind of thing. Was that the season that John Kay came back with Scarborough? I can't, it might be. I and he was remember. playing at right back, and then so Busy was following up him up and down the line, <laughs> just giving him absolute oh. pelters. It's it, hilarious. It is a shame because we initially invited Busy and Mike Davis to, to join us tonight, and it would have been fantastic, but both of them have had uh, other events that have caused them not to be able to hear here tonight. But I'm sure he's got a million and one stories. Yeah, I think you're going to say something then, Ian, about that season. Just the end I was just thinking about time with Kay because didn't they, didn't they equalise? They equalised in the really last late. minute to make mm-hmm. it more. And I do remember again on that away trip to Forest Green, a couple of the people who I were with by that stage were uh, being a, a, got a little bit cheeky, probably the beer talking or whatever. <laughs> and this bloke comes up to us in the social club with his book of raffle tickets. He says, All right, lads, do you want to buy yeah. a ticket? You know, like Golden Gamble or whatever. And my mate, my mate was like, "Who are you?" And and he went, and he just looked a bit shocked. And he put his book of tickets down. He goes, "Oh, I'm terribly sorry." And he offered his hand out to shake it. And he goes, "My name's so and so. I'm the chairman." <laughs> so, so so their chairman was selling Golden Gamble in the social club. Brilliant! And Absolutely it was like that. that that's a that. beautiful moment of like football down to earth grassroots. It was. Can we point out Tamworth away as well? Oh, yeah. the, little, the little stand that we were in yeah. the that was the bus stop I talked about it before that was absolutely brilliant love that yeah I remember Forest Green sticks out for me as well as one of those moments where you have a, you have a picture of a football ground and it, and it looking really scenic and I remember it was it's quite up on the top of the hill isn't it and I remember the sun was breaking through the clouds there'd just been a thunderstorm and it was just like one of the, those images that's ingrained in my memory as a Shrewsbury Town fan I don't know what it is then the other image I've got of that day is looking down and seeing a few of our fans that we know berating the linesman because we were right on right on the lines and he was getting and pelt us the whole game so there you go from, from one extreme to the other I remember when we got to Lee RMI we uh, couldn't work out where we were pre-sat-navs <laughs> and uh, wound down the window excuse me mate can you tell us where the football stadium is and he just looked at me like I was he went we haven't got a football stadium it's like oh could you tell me where the rugby stadium is oh yeah yeah it's just over there it's like he had no concept that they even had a football club it was he was so- astonished oh. he was like you what where you're from there's a football match <laughs> like he, did, he didn't even know and I would have thought your average person in Shrewsbury would know that there's a football team yeah, you might, do you know what I mean you I might get that, that. <laughs> it was at the where I think Luke was on the bench and he'd thrown a strop because he'd been dropped <laughs> and he was going to bring on his sub he right. didn't have his shirt on oh. and he had to we were standing on the under the big cover and he had to come all the way round because the yeah. dugouts were on the opposite side he had yeah. to come all the way round 
to go in the dressing room to put your shirt off to come back out again. <laughs> oh dear, Luke. I remember their scoreboard was stuck on a rugby game from three years ago. They'd never, been, <laughs> they'd never had the money or time to fix it. It was still like whatever the rugby club was, 47 and something else. I was like, sure, that's not the score, but there we go. There's things like that, isn't it? I think, I think we will round up the season there by, by the sort of the tail of it. But it is one of those things where I'm sure every Shrewsbury fan that's listening to this or you know went to most of the games that season will have so many little things that they remember about it because it was such a unique season. Um, and that's why it was worth covering, I think. So, yeah, we'll move on to some round table questions now and really ask you I'll start with the most obvious question you know we've talked about the results and mentioned the players but start with you Sean who was your player of the season Darren Tenson yeah well, I thought you'd say that we can... just, just a no brainer just yeah. an absolute no brainer for me ok what about you Dave I've got to go Tenson as well Tenson as well Definitely. Ian yeah he just he was like a well, he was like uh, Tony Adams to me to yeah. our team. He was, he was fantastic, so in control. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying mine because we're doing an extra bit later on, but um, we're just asking you guesses. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and what about your game of the season? You know, home or away games, whether it's a, a performance that you remember or, or or a memory, really. Hereford at home, yeah. I think, was just was epic because only for the fact that they were um, they were flying themselves. GT coming back as well yeah, so there was a lot yeah. on it the whole day was fantastic obviously because England won the World Cup in the morning the rugby mm-hmm. um, and I think half the Riverside were trolleyed anyway um, because they've been a, <laughs> for a change <laughs> we're not watching football watching rugby yeah. in the morning and uh, it was it was just a fantastic performance that day and and away I'm going to have to go for Northwich just because yeah. of the scenes yeah. that day I'm just going to go to that England won the World Cup I, pl- I played for the away sport it was my second ever game for them and didn't watch it played for the away sporters <laughs> and like looking back now I think I missed one of the most important sporting moments in this, in this country's history to play whoever it was what was it I can't remember the team we played now in the morning one of their sets of fans and that oh, was terrible I don't think I even scored so yeah I think looking back that was my, one of my regrets of the season really but um, yeah go on Dave your, your game of the season I find this one quite tough really because there weren't like the big games where I really wanted us to get something from it mm. like we choked every time <laughs> <laughs> and even the playoffs we drew there's no game where I can go back and I can think oh I remember that one when there was loads riding on it and we really nailed it mm. like yeah, so, it's so the kind of like because our success that season was like on such a knife edge I'm, I'm really struggling with that one Mm. I'd go Northridge away because of the scenes. Yeah, because like we've never had three sides of a ground before. No, um, but it, it, that's an interesting question because it's like. In all those big ones we've just mentioned, there's that bitter disappointment of losing. Uh, what about you? I'm not sure how many games you went to that season, Ian. But what what was what would be yours? Um, you mine was uh, Appington away. Yeah, I didn't go to the Burton game because it was a night game, but gone to Appington. I think there was about three thousand there, but. It was, I mean, there were more town towns there than anybody. Like most games, yeah. Again, it was a nice day. We got a late winner. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, I thought, oh, hang on, this is all right, actually. This <laughs> yeah. is a really good day, eh? Yeah, it is a good day. Oh. And other, we still joke about it now. At half-time, people were queuing, and the guy in a real broad Lancashire accent said, for those queuing uh, queue for pies, there's no point. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> we'd eaten them all. Oh, we did that to loads of clubs. I remember the amount of times I went to get some food at half time, and the buffets were just shut. They sold out food and drink. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we complain about our buffets, but at least they've got stuff left normally. Um, yeah, that's because oh, they don't. Sell them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got chips now. I'm not allowed to moan about the buffets. Okay. It's fine. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, we've covered favourite away trip in that, I suppose, really, because you've all said that one. And we've, uh, one of the other questions we're going to ask is, what was the actual biggest disappointment of the season? You've mentioned they stumbled in a lot of the big games, but well, which no, Telford, isn't it? I don't Telford think we're Telford League. Away. Telford League. Telford, Telford away was yeah. just. I because hope. that's like. An, 
indelible black mm. mark against us forever. The long-term pain of that's more than the bad loss against Hereford that season, which was almost terminal. But like we can forget that now because we're where are we and where are Hereford? It doesn't really matter. But yeah, yeah I think go. I think the Hereford game itself. I think to be honest, they they were. They were ahead of us, and I think we yeah, were really better, we were we were catching up to them. I think Telford, there was really something to do there. It was just, it was pride. It was, it, it was just pride, wasn't it? It, yeah. was, it was Shropshire pride. We wanted to go there, assert our dominance, and show we are the pride of Shropshire, and we absolutely choked. <laughs> and there's a certain somebody who I hope is going to be begging for forgiveness on mm. Thursday night, Mr. Yeah. Ricketts. Oh yeah. yeah. I might remind him of that. I might ask him that question on. Oh, yeah. He was a good player, Ricketts. He, he was. Yeah. Even he was. then you could tell he was a thoroughly but, decent player. I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I, like, I know we've said about Chalice scoring the winning penalty, but I was gutted we ended up with Chalice, not Ricketts. <laughs> we tried to, didn't we? I know, but, do you know what I mean? If you had got a choice of full-backs, which one would you take? Yeah. The Telford game was horrible. I just... I, 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 the, after the game, the anger oh. towards Jimmy Quinn and the players was Has out of this world. Past us into that corner and <laughs> through the sand. Yeah, and I remember thinking, like, if this was sooner in the season, a bit earlier, I reckon he'd have lost his job because fans really, really turned nasty that night. Yeah. And I've seen our fans go a few times, but that was levels of like. Blood and just yeah, yeah. foaming at the yeah. mouth, anger. And it's weird because it, like, it was nothing like that with John Askey, was it? <laughs> no, like, exactly. Compar- People say he got it hard. He's no idea. Comparatively, is he? no, that was that was nothing, vile. nothing like that. That was absolutely no. vile. I think that was like the Northampton game pre Paul Hurst, where it was vicious when everybody was. Berating. The only thing I can think that resembles that very closely, and I'm sure it's happened a few times. I can remember King getting loads of crap at one point, but when we went to Chesterfield and lost seven yeah. one, the the vileness to Mickey Mallon and to Liam Lawrence when he came over, because um, he gave my daughter his shirt that day. I've said that story in the podcast before. I've, I've never that that's probably the two most comparable ones for me. But yeah, yeah I agree with you about Askey. I know we're going a bit off topic, but like compared to a lot of managers, he actually escaped scot free. Really, he had one chant and then he went. That was it. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vage <laughs> was he probably uh, Ian McNeil at Fulham as well. Oh, yes, but before our time, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was horrible. I think we lost four 0 on some like New Year's Day or something, but that was just that's, about the. That's I my point the, about I love the way that like most of us. Did, did you say Fulham? Yeah. Yeah, and, like most of us now would probably sell a kidney to have the oppo- <laughs> to have the opportunity to lose four 0 at Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> that's my dream. <laughs> to the point where would add I wasn't born. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, you weren't either Dave. Were you? You weren't born either. Um, Same. Maybe what year? Eighty-nine? <laughs> no, it'd be nineteen ninety-one. No, I was I was eleven. Then. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, I was, I was of yeah. considerable age. <laughs> 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 I don't know what you. I think you might be a lot older than you tell me now, Dave. You're very. Oh, yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I was only a wee. There we go, and that, that was it, I suppose, in terms of the questions. The, well, there's the last question I was going to ask. I'm not sure whether anyone's got an accent, and I'm sure that you're just going to say Tinson again, Sean. But you know, when you think about that season and those players at their level they were at now, you know, at their, their pomp really in some circumstances, because to be fair, a lot of them underperformed when we got back in the league the next year, and it wasn't much cost. But you know, Rogers was probably at some of some of the better form that he had in the season. Do you think there's any players from that season that you can think of that you think you, you'd have either in our squad or in our team now? No. <laughs> No, I'm, it's I'm levels, though, isn't no, it? No, yeah. absolutely. I've got to be honest. Football's evolved so much over the years now. It's a quicker game. Mm. We're a quicker passing team than we were back then. We were we were lumpers. You know, we were very direct at that point. I think that was because of the conditions that we were playing to. I think you just said it yourself. In League Two, a lot of those players struggled, and then we kind of let those players go quite yeah. quickly. Yeah. Maybe Luke Rogers in his prime, possibly Ryan Lowe in his prime was a mm. very good player for us. Tolly. 
10 grand Tolly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I don't, to be honest with you, no, I'd probably would say no, not really, no. It's, it's, it's odd, isn't it? I mean, you know, this is this is two levels higher and, and say the game has evolved, but could you make a better argument for Rob Rogers, or would you agree with Sean Dave? Uh, you'd bring... A finisher? Luke Rogers would bring something different, but mm. then... He's no Amadi Holloway, then. No. <laughs> no. Thank God. No, he's not that different. <laughs> but, like... For example, I would suggest that Faye, like Faye looks better, doesn't he? And his, co- his current you. scoring yeah. and everything. Yeah. I think it, with Rodgers, you've got that raw, direct pace and aggression. And that's something that always lights up a football pitch and mm. excites the crowd and stuff. And we we don't have a lot of that. No. Um, but I can't really see right the way through. Of course, if you're going to go all like with hindsight, you'd probably take heart. Well, would, exactly, yeah. But, Actually, but at the time... Sam Aston. Just to have somebody run like a headless chicken. Down we've the got, left we've wing got Gilead. <laughs> well, I'll if say. Aston had a bit more punch about him. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I, I take an Aston over Gilead any day of the week. And there's a, there's a player who played this season who potentially could come back to play for this club again at some point. He only played a few games, but Dave Edwards. You know, it, it, there's a potential that we might see him here. Would you like to have Dave Edwards back, even at his age now? Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. Be good for the club, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And he, yeah. I think the difference is he wants to come back. I yep. think he has said openly he wants to come back. I don't know if he's actually injured at Reading. Yeah. He's not even. He has. He, I know he has been, but I, I think, think he is now. Back the he's not. He's not sure. been involved hardly at all this season. No. And I suppose he will be. I think a lot of us are obviously going to start putting two and two together and probably come up with 10,000 mm. because obviously he's big mates of Ricketts so yep. I would love him back yep. personally. Love but him. I don't want him to come back when he's just that bit over the hill and then it's a bit like you know and then he starts getting pelters because he's not nah, he never will not, not, but you know what I mean though yeah. like, I think he was like, doing well at Wolves wasn't he and then they yeah. had the big changeover yeah. and next thing you know oh you're off to Reading I think yeah. it'd be good to have for a young midfield that we've actually got because our midfield is very young yeah. on paper so I think he'd be good, quite good imagine Edwards and Grant in midfield oh. hmm. it's very that. exciting there was stunned silence there I, 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 I just, it's it, that it, moment it, it feels very <laughs> odd to think that he played in this season and he's still playing now and could potentially come back because it seems so long ago this season now and and that also shows how much he's how much he's looked after himself. He is fit. Yeah. Read his you know, autobiography. It's proper, really interesting how pro, he, isn't he looks after himself. Pro. There we go. I, I'll just say, for my own sake, I would take Dwayne Darby over Holloway or Shrop all day long, mate. So <laughs> there you go. That's my view on it. <laughs> I love Dwayne Darby. And he, off- oh, yeah. he offers so much more. He offers so much more. <laughs> I think he likes Dwayne Darby. I chat. Um, <laughs> Dave's not having it. I'll tell you what. It's like Granderson chat, isn't it? We're going to stop talking about Granderson back as well. I'll tell you what. We're like, doing the Granderson special like, next Christmas. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I, rec- I reckon John Lewis would look quite good in the conference. Yeah, yeah. I so, should hope he goes there fairly just, soon. Just like, just like Dwayne Darby did. But it doesn't mean they can cut it a league once. Oh, so. I know. I'm only kidding. On that note, he's mm. just absolutely killed the vibe. Yeah, it's gone down. There you go. Well, we're back to this season now, aren't we? Which has been up and down. So, um, there we go. I'm just going to uh, sort of round up this bit of the podcast, really, and um, just say thanks to... Dave and Sean for joining us initially and obviously uh, an aide that's just gone off to his Christmas party and then thanks to Ian I was just going to say Ian you know this, this pub sort of does play a big role in, in Shrewsbury Town's sort of culture I think in terms of the, the sort of group you get here and they're, they're sort of to me I always see the same people that drink in this pub are the same ones I see at away games every week week in week out um, and you know just to, just to you know say something about the pub really and, and say about your coaches and stuff just to kind of upset it basically this yeah. is an advert free advert so yeah, it's fine free advert yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I've been a town supporter for 45 years, so um, I've always gone down to the games. We used to come here before a match when we were down the Meadows, so yep. walk down Beckham Street, and then uh, obviously with the move to the new grounds, actually benefited us more, really, mm. because um, when they were looking at the travel plans, um, 
I know it with Chris Wynn and AD Plymouth sort of looking at what other clubs were doing and Coventry were running coaches from pubs yep. which gave us our idea to do the same yeah. um, so we started running coach from here there were a few people dating whether it would actually work but um, it does work well and uh, you know we, we have a good 50-60 most, most games yeah. it's a good atmosphere before the game um, we get you know a few away fans coming in and we've got some that come back year after year That's good. and enjoy it and it's a you know, good friendly atmosphere when we played Sunderland we had quite a few Sunderland fans came back and just I think they were going through a conference moment with they're really <laughs> they're having their it. season now aren't they yeah. to, they can come to pubs and it's friendly and there's no hassle yeah, and, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. they're not yeah, getting so kettled by the police <laughs> no that's right so uh, yeah so uh, long may it continue no it's good it's good I mean Ollie who does the podcast with us and we'll be, we'll be talking on this podcast as well come, come here last week and he's yeah. parked his car local he's around the town he, he got the bus up there he said it makes it easier to get to the game so yeah, yeah I highly recommend it I've done it a few times as well so but thank you for hosting us anyway it's been Pleasure. good to I, I'm sure that everyone's listening would have heard the pumps being pulled and the, and the tills going and people chatting in the other room so I think the sound of uh, the ambience of the pub is quite nice behind us so yeah thanks for listening everybody I should just say as a Christmas special Merry Christmas to everybody um, ho, we'll, ho, ho. yeah there we go we'll have this out over the up Christmas the <laughs> up the town yeah and hopefully you know um, yeah Ricketts does the business that's the main thing isn't it so yes thanks and we'll catch you again so grilling that was absolutely brilliant and um, I listened to that actually um, as a bit of obviously doing the pod together I had the chance to listen to it before everyone else and I listened yes. to it when I was doing a run and um, it was, I thought it was absolutely brilliant, brought some smiles to my face. For me, at that point in time, I was at university, I was at yep. Lancaster University, and I hadn't lived in Shrewsbury since I was 11, um, so I wasn't like connected to the town and the club like I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for me, the playoff season, I was obviously aware where Shrewsbury were at this point, I was living away, living near Litchfield um, way, and um, I'd come back and go to a couple of games every season and with my mate Phil. So yep. I used to every season. I was like, I was still linked with the town, and I wasn't I wasn't aware of Shrews Web and Blue and Amber fans and things like that. So it's quite mm. hard for me to keep up to date, and that's part of the reason why I didn't join you in the pub. Um, but for <laughs> me, it was it was an interesting season because obviously I was aware of where Shrews we were, and I thought you guys did an excellent job of kind of bringing everyone back to that point. And for those who don't even know town at that point if you were too young you know it was 15 years ago so you know if you were three you're 18 now um it's um it's quite a while ago um, yeah that's very true Ollie, yeah yeah and i think it's i think you did a great job of yeah bringing some of the highs and lows but also for me it was a really really key season wasn't it and it was it was a an important season in the kind of in the modern history of Shrewsbury town yeah i think it came across in in our chat at the pub that the, the good memories that it left people with and, and how we talked about how it re- reinvigorated the fan base to a certain extent, how it saved the club in terms of bringing the stadium. I found all that very interesting. But for me personally, Ollie, it was probably a seminal uh, season for me as, as being a Shrewsbury Town fan, you know, mid-20s, you know, seeing a successful season, kind of starting to make my first inroads into being part of, you know, the, the umbrella group for the new stadium that season, which I didn't mention, but then starting to do the fanzine late on in that season. So it was my first real experience of getting to know a lot of other Shrewsbury Town fans. I didn't really know too many before that season. Um, and a lot of people I met that season have gone on to be really good friends. So for me, it was a really important season. I'm glad we covered it, really. But um, yeah, obviously, we, we've got a difference. I went to a hell of a lot of games that season. And obviously, yourself, you're at university, you couldn't get to too many. But yeah, what, what sort of, which were the sort of the games that you did make that season then, really, Ollie? Um, for me, obviously, going down at the start of the season was obviously a big concern and obviously mm. going down and there's a lot of clubs even clubs now in today's day you know you talk about think of think of Stockport County what can happen if you get relegated and yeah, for me um, right. for me the best moment um, was obviously on the playoff final at the end yeah. uh, however there's a long way to get there but a really really <laughs> good memory of the season was um, I was living um, in between Litchfield and Burton at the time and, and Burton obviously was at the old Eton Park and yeah. I, went, I went to that game so I went to Burton away um, and it was brilliant um, 
yeah, obviously we won, but also the crowds as well. And I think that was quite a good memory that obviously we went to a lot of places and we were the obviously the the big the big kind of the big 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 boys. And we took a yeah. lot of fans. Yeah, and that was one of the games. I think it was we talked about it was one of the early away games yeah. of the season, wasn't it? Where we really started to see that that Shrewsbury Town crowd building at away games and us being sort of taken over grounds to a certain extent. And um, this is before Burton had sort of been been sort of rejuvenated into what they are now. They were they? starting. They were, they were on yes, the way up because yeah, they come yeah. a long way. But yeah, it yeah. was definitely a long time. It was, it was. And so so obviously you didn't go to too many games and I, I said no. that I'd sort of hold my power on my best moment of the season, which um, I think I would, when I, when I fall down on the balance of it, I think I would say that the moment that winning penalty went in, I think like everybody on in the discussion at the pub had said, it was just that, that sheer relief of it. So I couldn't really disagree with that. But um, yeah, player of the season, obviously we, we had a few different answers at the pub. Um, I would like to say Dwayne Darby because obviously it came across, I do love the man Ollie, but I, I think it's it's very difficult to, to look away from Tinson, to be honest with you, like Sean said, um, his influence was fantastic on the whole season a real leader um, yeah and, and, and just a really good all round sort of man to build a defence around Ollie so I don't know about you what, who, who do you remember really as your player of the season that year um, I went to a couple of away games as well because I was at Lancaster Uni um, oh, we obviously playing Morecambe so I went to those yes, games yes. Um, I remember um, I remember one of our um, one of our players being elbowed in the face um, I think it might have been in the <laughs> FA Cup FA Trophy game um, and they had a player sent off and I always remember Jimmy Quinn coming on and yep, while yep. he was obviously player manager, so I'm being a bit cheeky here. For me, the player of the season was Jimmy Quinn because while he was quite, he was getting on quite a bit. Um, it was a, it's a funny side kind of coupled together, and yep, I thought yep. obviously played a pivotal part when he came on um, and did a good job. So for me, a bit of a cheeky one, but yeah, player of the season, Jimmy Quinn. Yeah, both on and off the pitch, really got just about everything right, didn't he? Couldn't couldn't quite. Maintain that pace with those those teams that ran away with it, Chester and Hereford, and we were on their coattails until you know quite near the end. But um, they had some good teams that year. To be fair, I remember I remember that. So yeah, you pretty much got everything right, Ollie. So it's a fair thing to say. Um, I think you know again with the biggest disappointment of the season that we we sort of talked about on the podcast. You know, losing to Telford was just a horror show, wasn't it? But um, I don't quite know which of those ones felt the worst. I, th- I think for me, one of, I think for me personally, the one that stands out to me was losing to them in the league that that last game where we'd obviously played the three games against Telford. We couldn't get that win and that fourth one in the league when we were still pushing forward for things I thought okay we'll get this monkey off our back now and to not beat them in that game that I think that was a pretty dark moment for me Ollie <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah those those results kind of ring true and it's yeah it's a bit of a legacy isn't it from that season in terms of a negative yeah the, the total history bit yeah, I do. And I, I remember, and I said, I mentioned it in the pub, but that trip to Dagenham will live long in the memory for me as well. That was god-awful. But um, there we go. So I suppose the last question from what we talked about at the pub I wanted to ask you really, Ollie, was, do, do, you know, do you think there was anyone else you'd like to put forward other than the people we talked about that would get in this season's team? Or were you more of the view that, yeah, football's moved on and times are different? Yeah, I think um, I think there's a combination of two things. I think there's, it's hard to compare as well because of the standards of coaching and fitness now. You know, just looking at the players... From where we when we, even when we're in the football league to players have now the players we have now are a lot um, slimmer, um, but mm. I think also the league one has benefited from the kind of the trickle down effect to the Premier League. Yeah, I so I think we've got players now that are playing for Shrewsbury that probably would have been playing in the Championship ten years yeah. ago. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I don't think anyone would get anywhere near the team today. Fair enough, fair enough. I think the other thing I said on, on the pub bit was I was going to give my uh, sort of reflections of my trip to Margate, but um, we've got quite a lot of uh, information we've had from other fans that they wanted us to contribute to the podcast, so I'm going to read through some of those in a minute. But yeah, I was one of those, I think it was whatever, 206 town fans that went to Margate, um, and it was just, you know, a Sunday in the new year, and it's, it, you know, when, when, one of the things I've said is whenever I talk to people about being a Shrewsbury Town fan, or I reminisce about sort of the craziest, maddest journeys I've had, I always talk about Boston away when we lost 
6-0 and I always talk about Margate where we went on a Sunday when hardly any of the Shrewsbury Town fans went and we were in the conference against a team that weren't even playing in their hometown do you know what I mean and it was just the whole thing about that day it's one of those things that stays with me forever in that it was just you know why was I why was I doing this I know I was doing it because I love the football team but you know the lengths that fans go to sometimes it it is crazy isn't it really and um, yeah that that game stays with me for a long time I think as well yeah no that's cool (laughs) that's cool it is good, it is good. And it wasn't just about our reflections. One of the things we asked um, in the run-up to recording this podcast, Ollie, was um, for some of the of our listeners, uh, and we thanks thanks to everybody that contributed via email, via Blue and Amber, via Facebook, and via Twitter. We had a lot of interesting comments and funny recollections, and some people took the time to send us quite um, long emails, Ollie, so some of it was really interesting and maybe different to what we've already talked about so far on, on the pub bit and on what we've just discussed as well. So I thought it was worth reading back some of the contributions we've had, so... I'll go through the first one, but we had an email from Stuart Patrick, who is one of the fans that I got to know this season, I think, through playing through Blue and Amber's football team and also through the away supporters latterly as well. So um, I haven't seen Stu for a long time, but it's, you know you, you remember these names, don't you? But yeah, he, he contributed and said, it was one of my favourite ta- seasons as a town fan. The whole supporter base seemed to be rejuvenated after the terrible season before, and a few of the memories that stick in my head are as follows. So Chester City away, first loss, took ages to get in, ended up in the home end and being moved into the already packed away end behind the goal. We were all kept in after full time and the Robocops lined up when we were eventually left out. Um, Lee RMI, £3 again. That's something I'd forgotten. It was also how cheap it was to get to away games, Ollie. So that was quite a cheap season. It was a very cheap season. Um, great bar under the stand. Missed our first goal due to the bar. <laughs> Seem to remember a mishap with the shirts for the sub, Rogers. I think that um, Ian mentioned that on the on the podcast when we were at the pub. Um, and I think, yeah, he didn't have a shirt, so he couldn't come on. And there was that last-minute Kevin Street equaliser. Um, what happened to Leo RMI? Did they just fold? or? Yeah, I don't think they exist as the same team they are anymore. I think they've they've gone the way of a, a few non-league teams since we were down there. So, um, yeah, I'd have to look that up. I, I'm not too sure. I know that they don't come up as Lee RMI anymore when you look on soccer base. They're like, they've got a different name. Lee, I think they're called Lee Genesis now, Ollie. So they're obviously Genesis. I'm presuming they went busted and had to start again or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, not good for any clubs. He, uh, yeah, he also talked about the Hereford win at home, 4-1. Uh, Day England won the World Cup, like we talked about. And he says he remembers the whole of the Riverside uh, swinging, sing, swinging, singing Sweet Low, Sweet Chariots, which, uh, yeah, I remember that now, actually, as we trounced off six-fingered friends. Um, and he also said Lee Lawrence, I actually thought he was a great left-back, and he scored a couple the way at Hereford as well. Um, very surprised that he never made it. Yeah, he was on loan from Man United, Lee Lawrence, wasn't it? I don't know if you ever got to see him play, but uh, I think he played, like, maybe 10, 15 games that season uh, during sort of starts and substitutions. So, yeah, he said, I love that season. Um, it produced some very memorable moments and we seem to sign the right players, i.e. Sedgemore and Tinson in particular, for me being superb, superb signings. We didn't mention this on the pub about Jake Sedgemore, Ollie, but when I look back at um, who played that season and, and the sort of um, games they played, Jake Sedgemore was a was a critical signing, really, because yeah. he played centre-back, left-back, right-back, and in midfield during that season, just when we needed cover. He was always really reliable, and, and, and it was one of the things I think we missed when we were talking about it at the pub. Yeah, when you were, you went, you went mentioned his name, but actually, he, yes. to me, he's one of the names that rings the bell most from that season, mm, mm. in terms of the top players, in terms of that era. I mean, Maybe it was because he played in so many positions, and maybe it was also the football manager thing that he was like the, you know, the Luis Enrique. <laughs> he played everywhere. <laughs> um, that, yeah, conference Enrique. But yeah, he was a good player. I liked him. I think he was one of those players we always respect and we always remember fondly players that worked really hard. 
and would yes. do anything for the team, and he definitely falls into that bracket for me. Yeah, he also felt like a proper club man, do you know what I mean? And he had, he'd had experience in the non-league, and I think you know you could tell that he was at his level, he was comfortable. I, I don't ever remember him doing too much the next season in the Football League. I think he was a bit disappointing then, but that season with us, he, he really did fit in anyway, and he never looked out of place. Like we say, Beckles is not a left-back this season, don't we? But, you know, Sedgemore could really play anywhere, which is a massive tool that not many players in the modern game have, do they, I suppose? So, yeah, very very interesting. So thanks to Stu for, for those re- recollections, really. And um, we also had another email from Richard Sumner, and I read out a little bit of his um, during the podcast um, when we were at the pub, but he sent us some really interesting and quite funny thoughts on players, Ollie. So, um, yeah, he, he just sort of thought, here, here are my thoughts on some of the players. And he put, so he said, Jody Bannon, we signed him from Radcliffe Borough, whose barrel shape and prolific goal-scoring record made him the Puskas of the Northern Premier League. Statistically, he was at his most dangerous from about 45 yards out. He was absolutely least in the penalty area, but he was a constant threat from the halfway line. And we did mention that. And it was, a, it, you know, he, he lives and dies by that record at Shrewsbury Town, I think. Um, Darren Tinson, he said, I love Darren Tinson. His chiselled jawline and the slightly wonky nose and the highlights in the hair. He looked like a former boxer now trying to pursue an acting career. Um, Dave Riddler looked like your uh, postman who still plays Sunday League, but he was a good player, to be fair. Um, Colin Cram, I love the way he always went for the long sleeve shirt option and he sort of pulled the sleeves right up all the way down to his hands. A hairstyle that made him look like he was the best looking member of Dunfermline's number one Backstreet Boys act. Uh, that was the reason I never took to Colin Cram, Ollie. He, he just seemed like a bit of a, a, a bit of a dandy boy to me. And then when, he, when we were comparing having him play up front or Dwayne Darby, that's why I always fell to the Dwayne Darby thing. I think over the years you've started to see the pattern of players I like. And I never really took to Colin Cram because of that. He was like the antithesis of Dwayne Darby. <laughs> yeah, I can see, having played with you, Glenn, I can see why you linked yourself <laughs> to Dwayne Darby. A bit, a, bit, a bit, bit clumsy, but gets the job done. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, he said, Darren Moss's penalty to beat Barnet in the shootout. Just rewatch that footage on YouTube and check out how their keeper makes him go and fetch the ball. Mossy jogs over, rubs it on his shirt, bounces it a couple of times in what is the worst display of attempted nonchalance you'll ever witness. He's clearly cle- clearly petrified. Um, yeah, I watched that back actually after I read this comment. It's right. He, he, he tries to cover how, how sort of scared he is of the moment that he's about to do. And obviously then nailed it, didn't he? So fair play to him. And we just talked about him and he said, Sedgemore, he was the archetypal, mostly shit, but will do a job for utility player, which may be a little bit harsh. Um, however, faced with a penalty kick, he suddenly turned into Wolverhampton's answer to Steve McQueen. He was literally the coolest man on the planet. Um, fair enough. Dwayne Darby. To look at Dwayne Darby, you wouldn't think he had a degree in astrophysics, would you? And you would be right not to think that. I had to read that out for balance, Ollie. Someone's got to be mean about Dwayne, but um, that's fine. Uh, and then his last one was Jimmy Quinn. My abiding memory of him was how impressed I always looked that he could still stand out at that level despite being 104 years old. His body looked like it was being held together by sticky tape. Like before he came on as a sub, they had to call the RAC and they said, look, I can stick the exhaust back on and that should be good enough to get you home, but you really do need to take this to the garage as soon as possible. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. And, and it's true about Quinn, you know, the age that he was playing at was quite remarkable. And I know you've, you've just described him as your player of the season, but it, it wasn't just that. When he came on, he still looked a complete threat a lot of the time in games, didn't he? It was odd. <laughs> it was odd because, yeah, you knew like he, he was, and I just forgot actually when I was listening to the pod, forgot how old he was. It's funny that Dwayne Darby is now forty-five. Yeah, today. Yeah, so <laughs> yes, that like, is odd. As of this, like, yeah, so we call this pod Dwayne Darby's forty-five, and yeah, Jimmy <laughs> Quinn was playing of a similar age, and yeah, he obviously came on. I'd, I'd love to have known like what the conversation was with the assistant. I'm bringing myself on. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm bringing myself on. I think it was Dave Cook was the assistant manager was it? That, that season, I think it was, yeah, and he was a bit of a yes man as far as I remember, so he's probably like, yeah, get yourself on, gaffer, that'll be fine. Um, but there we go. He also he also shared his recollections of Margate Away, and I think this is why I wanted to just read this, because it's a bit like what I thought. And um, yeah, but thinking that Margate Away would be like the Jolly Boys outing in Only Fools and Horses, or Kiss Me Quick Hats and Jelly Deals on the Beach, 
then finding out that Margate don't actually play in Margate, they play in Dover. And then finding out they don't actually play in Dover, they play at a place called River. The game was played at a ground called the Crabble, like the Burnabout or the Bonner era, only rubbish. Incidentally, Crabble comes from the old English crab hole, meaning hole in which crabs are found. Um, the stadium announcer at half-time speaking on behalf of all of those who'd had the misfortune of witnessing that first 45 minutes, where he said, half-time at the Crabble. Oh dear, oh dear. I remember that actually. I'm thinking, oh dear, this is just about sums it up really. Um, and he gives a, a load of other, um, a load of other bits and pieces on Dagenham away and uh, just uh, some other reflections really. But yeah, thanks to thanks to, to Richard for that really. It was interesting to read his um, his uh, his stories from the season as well. So um, we had another one on, on on Margate as well. I might as well read it now actually from Adrian Jones. Um, and he put living in the southeast, Margate away was the day before my wedding anniversary, and it sounded like the ideal Sunday out with the wife. A town game and a trip to the seaside all in one. I overlooked two things. The match was in Dover and it was in the middle of an estate uh, and it was December and it was bloody freezing. The ground was at the top of a small hill with stands on three sides. It was one of those grounds where you were free to roam around and we decided to pick a novelty spot behind the dugout. The downside was that your feet were below ground level so the coaching staff, um, Chick, he he thinks it was Chick, his legs were in the way and I couldn't see what was sort of the pitch and also the F words were about as loud and clear as the depressing insight of of the lack of tactical nows coming from the bench. It was a dire game and I think Jimmy played so the strategy was clear. Lump it up to a slow 46-year-old and see what happens. At half-time, nil-nil, we discovered the highlight of the day, the Crabble Burger. (laughs) The game swung just after half-time when the ref harshly sent off their striker for a foul on Harry. It still took another half an hour to break down Margate until Town scored late on through low. Margate then opened up and pushed for an equaliser. Late in the game, Jody Bannon scored one of his special 40-yarders into an open net, and that's all I rem- really remember of the game. A final memory, the ref and the players then had to leave the pitch to a portal cabin dressing room through a cage walkway, delivering, delaying some fans that leaving the ground. Cue the ref having to face the abuse of hundreds of town fans, and particularly our angry Margate fans at the end after the red card. All in all, it was a novelty to go there, but a depressing sign of how far we'd fallen. 635 souls were in attendance, of which can't be far off our lowest league attendance, home or away, since the club was started. So there we go. I think everyone's got a story about Margate that were there, and there wasn't many of us, but um, there we go. Um, another recollection of a game was from the sensational JT off Blue and Amber. Um, anyone that posts on Blue and Amber will know uh, JT. So he wanted to discuss Farnborough away, Ollie, um, which again was another one I went to. And he, were, he put, I remember quite a few away games that season, but Farnborough stands out for me. Going through the turnstiles, I remember thinking, what a shithole. But I kept my thoughts to myself until we stood behind the goal. Unlike the lady coming into the ground behind me who said, what a dump. The turnstile operator took great exception and stoutly stood up for his club. The terracing looked like someone had been lobbing hand grenades on it. There were broken concrete everywhere. But the thing that stood out for me was the length of the grass on the pitch. It had to be four inches long. I thought the groundsman hadn't got a mower, but it turned out it was always that length to stop gazelles like Rogers dribbling at the defenders. Being part-timers, they deployed a five-man midfield and a very effective it was too. It took us ages to break them down and I think that Dwayne Darby scored and we eventually went on to win 3-1. Yeah, I remember that. That was definitely the most... Uh, it's hard to say, but to me, that was probably the most ramshackle ground I went to that season. So um, there we go. And and Phil Thomas, who's someone you know, Ollie, and, and uh, we'd like to get on as a guest one day. He's a, he's a good town fan. Shame he lives in London. He also had a, a recollection on Farnborough away, and he put... Darren Moss had been collecting yellow cards that season like they were going out of fashion. We were sat on the touchline, and with about 15 minutes to go, he was taking a throw-in. One of my friends, Shoes Forever, off Blue and Amber, shouts, Mossy, you haven't got booked yet. Darren Moss turned around and immediately retorted with a big grin, looking at the fans, and said, I'm flipping trying, OK? <laughs> and that was that was one of the good That's things brilliant. that season. The, the players and the fans, I remember it being they were being really close that season as well. You, you had the ability, because we were at non-league grounds, you had the ability to sort of interact with the players on the side of yeah. the pitch quite one-on-one. I remember it happening quite a few times. Forest Greenway is another one I remember. Um, 
And then we had one more recollection I was going to read, which was from Dat Hound off Blue and Amber's when he put, I remember Steve Watts strolling around on the opening day, then in his interview uh, saying that he kept asking the ref how long was left because he was too hot. This was a 1-1 game versus Margate. It didn't bode well for Steve Watts. So, <laughs> yeah, basically it didn't bode well for Steve Watts because he lost his place after about four games to Rogers um, and, and then Quinn eventually. And he never really played after that. And we let him go halfway through the season. So, um, yeah, there we go. He obviously didn't like the heat, Steve Watts. So, there we go. Just a few more recollections, really. I thought it was worth worth reading and, and giving a bit more of a sort of funny view of what went on that season. And uh, that was it, really. I suppose the last thing to ask you, Ollie, then, is is to sort of round off this podcast um, and this Christmas special is what were your recollections of the final, really? I asked you what you were up to that season. Obviously, you didn't go to as many games as we do now, but you were at that final. And um... yeah, I was at the I was at the um, I was at the um, the game as well before that. Um, the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was at the, the game. The, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at the play, the meadow for that. Um, and obviously, members talking about Moss and him scoring that penalty was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember I was in the posh stand. That's. I think it was. I think we struggled to get seats, and I think Phil managed to get some. And yeah, we were in the posh seats for that. In the well, we'll call them posh seats. Were there, Shrewsbury. Were there posh seats at the game meadow back then? Yeah. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I can remember. I have quite good recollections of that penalty and how important it was. Um, oh, and then yeah, the playoff final was a fun day. Um, my brother, my brother, my dad. Probably one of the last games. My dad, my dad hasn't been to a shoes game for ages. He obviously used to take me when I was a kid. And yeah. we went to that game. I remember going to a very plastic pub somewhere. Um, but yeah, two kind of uh, well, probably the overriding memory of the game was the first penalty miss. Mm. I just yeah. you just couldn't believe it, could you? You no, thought, you thought you thought we'd worked all season to get to this yeah. point. We'd battled our way back into a game that had been very tough. And as soon as the penalties came up, we just put ourselves right back in trouble straight away, didn't we? And that, and that kind of, I think that penalty and that penalty shootout kind of sums up the season. We kind of, we had a lot of obviously some quality players, and you know we obviously did spend some money and got some good players in. But we never, for me, we never really got going all season. We weren't fluid, and we never, you know, we never had a great run going. And obviously, going to the conference is difficult, and you know that's no criticism of the team at the time. It was a big turnaround, but yeah, and then to finally go up was um, was fantastic and. I think I, I think you can't oversay or oversell how important it was we got back up. I think you're completely right that it kind of it rejuvenated the fan base and the, and the fans and yeah. it brought a lot of fun and obviously winning games. You know, you were here. We were talking about it on the last pod and we're hearing about Sunderland fans how they're enjoying their season in League One um, and going down. You know, obviously winning a lot of games. Um, but yeah, we'd we'd never be where we are now without that season. Um, no, and we were, obviously all. it was a big it was a big fall from grace, but. That's the beauty of football, isn't it? It's a, it as was. they say, it's a results, results give, driven game, and you kind of you have to earn your right to stay in any league. And, and one of the things about that playoff final that gets missed as well is that you know it's one of those very very few penalty shootouts where the goalkeeper you know didn't concede a goal. You know you've got to remember that Scott Harry saved all three of their opening penalties, and, and which is remarkable, really, isn't it? Day. I I can't remember a, a time where that's happened in any game I've ever watched. I don't know about you, Ollie. No, I think it was immense. Well, the penalty shootout, the Man City Leicester one this week was a horrendous. Um, oh, I didn't watch but, that. But no. um, yeah, it w- it was a very very nervy penalty. And I can even remember where I was sitting. I was sitting in the left hand side of where the town fans were, mm-hmm. and obviously the goal and the penalties were taking the other in the other end. So I got this vivid memory of looking across all the fans. Watching at the yeah, watching those um, watching those penalties go in, or as they didn't as they did for older shot and not go in. Here's a quiz for you, Ollie. Then to finish off, obviously Luke Rogers missed our first penalty, and then we scored the next three. Can you remember who scored those three penalties? No, I got no oh, idea. Ollie, you no can remember who scored the winner, can't you? No, I can't even think oh. of that. Right, I, I'm, I'm not, not going to make it up. I honestly can't <laughs> even think of who it was. That's 
minus three Shrewsbury Town fan points that is for you. You'll have to earn them back the rest of the season. Um, yeah, it was Tolly, then Sedgemore, then Trevor Chalice. So it is funny, isn't it? You do remember some things very vividly, or you remember. Yeah, the, I can remember Howie. I can remember Howie, and I can remember Rogers missing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, the who, who scored the penalties afterwards. Um, it was, but yeah, listen. It was really funny actually listening back to um, the clip of Stuart Dunn as well. Um, yes. And the Stuart Dunn commentary is obviously I didn't really know if Stuart obviously didn't know Stuart Dunn at all at that time. Um, but listening to him then, sounding very similar to who he does now, maybe not as clear with a bit of modern technology. But yeah, that was really funny. So that was a good clip to play as well. It was good. It was and it was that highlight of the whole season. And I think that um, yeah, it's it's sort of a, a, a when you think back, it's still a sort of thing that sort of. Feels really nice, doesn't it, to remember those good days? So, yeah, there we go. I think that's a, probably the best place to wrap it up, really. And yep. I think all we need to say, Ollie, is a Merry Christmas to all our listeners. Yep, for Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, thanks to and the Prince of Wales for hosting us. And thanks for to Aid, Sean, and the guys who joined you, um, and Dave, Mateus, and and the guy from what was sorry, the guy's name from the Prince of Wales, Ian. Ian, Ian was yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah. very much for Ian for joining. Um, and running a great pub. Um, but it, it was. And one of the things that didn't come across, Ollie, is we stayed for another hour afterwards um, with, with the mic off, although I wished I'd left it on because I could have done another podcast, really. But we left the mic off and we started reminiscing about a bit more of the season. And then we started talking about this year as well. And it was a really nice night, actually. Ian gave us a free drink. And then as I was leaving, he said to me, if you're doing a Christmas special next year, why don't you do one on the, the I think it's 78, 79 promotion season? Obviously, we weren't born then, Ollie. But um, yeah, that's Minus obviously the five. season exactly the season they got up and he said I could find some of the old boys to do it if you want to come down and record it so maybe he's even helped us find something to do a special for next Christmas and I'm sure a lot of our older older listeners will find that season uh, really interesting and our younger listeners probably won't know the story of that season too no. well so maybe that's what we'll look at to do next season but yeah I think best thing to say is, to say is Merry Christmas Happy New Year um, normal podcasts will be coming through Christmas and yeah hopefully 2019 is an exciting season for Shrewsbury Ollie yep thanks guys for listening hope you enjoyed your Christmas dinner and um, yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll hear from us soon. Thanks guys. Oh!